1: This week in League, Manly humble the
2: Tigers, New Country Way, Old Country Way, and Bulldogs in Coffs Harbour Way to win me the big
3: bet. Josh Dugan creates his own social media startup, Instagronk.
2: Snapbacks are coming. We shortlist our finalists for our Spur of the Moment Game of Thrones meme competition from last weekend,
3: and we'll preview Round Five of the 2013 NRL season.
2: All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 114 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, this week, um, tons of uh, stuff, housekeeping sort of stuff to get through at the start. Um, first thing, the the challenge, and I'll take it back, it was Gotta Love Keefy, at Gotta Love Keefy on uh, Twitter, who said, a legendary status to the guy who gets behind Tom Waterhouse during a cross with a hash, fuck off Tom sign behind him. Now, we put that challenge out a couple of weeks ago now, probably two weeks ago, and yeah, as yet, no one... Has uh, taken up the challenge. We're not, not
3: encouraging to, anyone to break the law, by the way.
2: No, I don't think, I break the law. I'm not telling you to shoot him in the head or anything like that or choke him out or, you know. Well, perhaps, if you're
3: standing on the field and you run onto the field and put a sign behind him, that's breaking the law, man.
2: Yeah, but I'm not saying you run on the field and put a sign behind him. I'm saying, like, you're in the crowd and the way depth of field with the, you know, television cameras works, you'll appear to be almost directly behind him. He's
3: see where get, you're coming from. Yeah, just get to the or side. Like, the way you think.
2: like a side screen. You know, fucking, just you know, get behind him, hash fuck off time. And now, Bones, I think he's Eagle Yeah, you know, If you get to. Yeah
3: make a sign the size of a side screen. <laughs> Sensational. That is keen.
2: Exactly. Now, um, uh, Bones, Eagle underscore Bones on Twitter, uh, every, all Manly travelling fans know who Bones is. He goes to every single Manly game. Uh, one of the probably two or three Manly fans that travel to, you know, they'll go to the World Club Challenge, they'll go to New Zealand, North Queensland, all that, you know, if there's a game in Perth, they'll go, they'll do every single one of them every year. Uh, every year. I think there's a couple of years running. I think he's probably missed, to know, be fair, Bones games.
3: does make those trips by way of, other people's donations. If you don't know bones, just uh, head out the back of Brookvale. If you're <laughs> under the pile of garbage bags and cardboard boxes, um, just give the, give him a bit of a rattle, give him a kick, maybe uh, take a piss on a couple of cardboard boxes. He loves the smell of fresh urine, and uh, just sing out for bones, and out uh, he'll come.
2: Now the point being, he tweeted a photo of himself and Tom Waterhouse. Yes, actually got a photo, and like obviously he was he he got it for the intention to then Photoshop it and put captions on it and all that sort of stuff and have fun on Facebook. But what a golden opportunity it was to uh, get the to win the legendary status. He
3: cut it out, is what he did. Exactly, could have he held up a sign,
2: could have won, could have yeah. won. He had access the to cardboard boxes. That's as close as anyone's come yet, and Someone unfortunately donated
3: a Nico. Could have made up a sign. Yeah,
2: close doesn't and close does not count. I'm afraid this yeah. one you've got to nail it if you do it. You know, you will win. Poor attempt, Bones. Try yeah. harder next time. So this week, what do we got? It's Chat. back to, to four-day rounds of football now. So you've mm-hmm. got a ANZ on Friday night. Is a chance to get on the uh, Tom Waterhouse thing, and Sunday afternoon. I can't remember what the Channel Nine game is on Sunday afternoon. So whatever that is. So uh, you know, you got to you got to act fast too because he's getting reeled back in and reeled back in every week now. So before yeah. too long, you won't have the chance to do it um, because Tom will have fucked off, which is you know what the end goal is anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, Game of Thrones. We had the the Game of Thrones. I just uh, honestly, I just I saw that that realm dot com site that they uh, pumped out. They did a great job with the social media leading up to the first episode of the new season of Game of Thrones, and um, so I just I did the join join the thing, and I just I just knocked out a uh, a Tigers into Climb one real quick, and uh, just put it up there to say, look, you know, it's not really footy related, but you know, we're, we're pretty excited about you know the return of Game of Thrones. You know, Absolutely. how about us? How about anyone else? And then there was a couple of requests came through, like, "Oh, how'd you, you know, how'd you do that? You know, how'd you make it?" And 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 things like, you know, how'd you, you know, um, you know. W- w- and so I put the, I put the link out there and said, "Look, if anyone wants to do any, you know, footy-related ones, because in a perfect world where I had, you know, where days were you know forty-five hours long and I had enough time, <laughs> I would have loved to have put one out, you know, shitting on every single team in the competition." Yes, but um,
3: as it turns out, you had limited time, so just so to shout on, so so I just
2: shout <laughs> on the Tigers and you know indirectly yourself, um. But people I mean I didn't actually count them, but we were just trying to shortlist the, you know the finalists uh, you know before we started recording the show tonight and there was we our first shortlist was 23, which means there would have been at least 50 yeah. that we were choosing from initially um, and you know and with very very few exceptions they're all actually quite good and it made it really difficult to narrow them down but um, we'll get to the shortlist at the end of the show, but uh, yeah we have shortlisted 10. And what's going to happen is uh, put them up online. Um, you guys, maybe, and we'll tweet them out as well and put them on Facebook. And we'll yep. basically give people the opportunity to vote. And, uh, you know, on Facebook, it might be commenting on the, the thread where, you know, on we'll put them up as separate statuses on Facebook and you comment or like the one that you want to win. Uh, on Twitter, we'll put them up with a hashtag as well. And, you know, you can tweet with a hashtag. It'll be a hashtag for each, you know, individual one or something like that. I don't know. Haven't figured out exactly how we're going to do it yet, but there'll be 10 to vote on. And the winner is going to get
3: we're super organized and shit.
2: Yeah. And, the, and this was such a spur of the moment thing. I mean, it was really just an off the cuff remark. And, then, yeah. and and the listeners just talk to it like crazy. So it shows that, A, we've got awesome listeners, B... Um Which was never in doubt. Yeah. B. They've got uh awesome taste in TV shows as well. They're all into Game of Thrones, it seems. Um. So yeah, great work all around. And yeah, and the winner is gonna. I mean, we're always, you know, we're kind of uh, yeah, thinking about how we're gonna give away a uh, snapback from Southeast Snapbacks. And they're on Twitter now too at Southeast Snapbacks, just the one S in the middle there. And uh, Southeast Snapbacks on Facebook, so you can be able to track them down and find them.
3: Um. Fuck, they got some good products, and they're fucking cheap
2: too. Like the like those snapbacks. I mean, you know, hat, hats aren't usually very cheap, but oh, I don't want to speculate on what these price are, But I think they're like twenty bucks. Like, yeah. you know, they're not very expensive for the hats.
3: Apologies if we're just completely undersold, <laughs> <the product> <laughs> <everybody>, <laughs> yeah. but
2: uh, not gonna fuck you up. But I'm pretty sure that that's kind of around around the price you're looking at. I'm liking and,
3: that Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, me too. I'm not, I don't really have the head for a flat brim. I've probably got a head oh. for a balaclava more than anything, but. Yeah. Um, just uh, there's a Brooklyn Nets flat rim, and there's several West Tigers flat brims.
2: Yeah, I'd yeah. like to get one of each. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, yeah, there's Bro- I've got no allegiance to the Nets at all, but I don't really have any allegiance to any NBA sides really, but um. It just looks cool that yeah. Brooklyn. This one, yeah, I saw that as well. And he, he puts I'm up the z guy, yeah, and he, and he gets stuff that's like non-sports stuff as well. Like you know, there's some labels that you know do their own uh, snapbacks and stuff. So get on the Facebook page especially because he's got a lot of photos up there uh, of the things you can get in, and he's getting new stuff in all the time as well. Because what's happening is you know, as his business grows, he's getting access to more you know more supplies and that sort of stuff that have you know more of a range. So he's getting a, a killer range.
3: No doubt, it's only a matter of time before he does a custom this week in league snapback.
2: Exactly, and um. Now, so basically what's going to happen is someone's going to win a, a snapback uh, of the NRL club of their choice, So, and it's going to be one of the people who submitted uh, one of those fantastic Game of Thrones things. So uh, we'll give you the list at the end of the episode, and yeah, get voting, uh, and uh, you know, probably Thursday uh, they'll be up online, um, maybe Wednesday if we're lucky, um, for voting, and you'll be able to vote all the way through until probably Tuesday Tuesday night next week before we record, and then you know, whoever gets the most votes wins, and uh, that's the way it's going to be. Um, what else we got here? <laughs> Today, as we record the show, Tuesday, about nine o'clock this morning, I, uh, I get because, because I use a Mac um, and Twitter and Facebook and everything's integrated into the operating system on Macs now so if someone uh, follows or retweets or something, a little uh, little message comes up in the top right hand corner of the screen and about nine o'clock this morning or yeah, eight o'clock this morning I just started work and a little thing popped up that said uh, "Twill underscore quotes has followed you on Twitter." Hmm. So, huh. That's interesting. So I went to um.
3: What the fuck is that?
2: So I opened up my Twitter app because I was it was that that early in the morning I think for me to start that uh you know that well, I hadn't actually opened everything up yet. So then I opened up the Twitter app, checked followers. The most recent followers was at @twil, twill, T W I L underscore quotes, and it was a Twitter account that initially the bio said something about you know because because the boys' egos aren't big enough as it is. I thought, well, that's it's not just very true. nice. I mean, very humble. And uh, <laughs> yeah, very it's not yeah, very, very untrue. And um. But then it changed. The bio did change uh, later on in the day. It said something like, "You know, the best quotes from the best podcast" or something like that. Which um, I like that a lot better. Um, I can say it's definitely not us. It's someone who has I far more free. It's not me. It's it's someone who has far more free time than us. But um basically what they seem to do starting, it seems to have started from last episode, but what they've gone through and they just tweet like, you know, N colon, you know, something I said and then what you said in response or whatever. And they've just got it, yeah. and, And, you know, sometimes there's like little brackets, you know, with context about what the quote's about and stuff. And they've extracted what, in their opinion, are the best quotes from that episode. So I have no idea, you know, announce, you know, Reveal yourself. I mean, it's it's definitely someone Make yourself who's
3: self name. DMs. We want to give you some credit, yeah. even if it's behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Seriously though, when you read it back, we're hilarious in point form, <laughs> and you don't have to just get like the odd piece of fucking gold out of a yeah. two hour two hour like shit talking fest.
2: When you're not shaking the pan. You that's know, right. Like, just when you're try not sifting a, try, through, trying to find a little glint, <laughs>
3: we sound fucking hilarious. I could just imagine people reading through. Did this all happen in one show? Yeah, It was hilarious. <laughs> so thank you for making us seem much more entertaining than what we actually are.
2: Yeah, and, if, and I, I, honestly, I don't have it open in front of me at the moment, so I can't remember if you use hashtags or anything on there. But you know, no. maybe hashtag like hash twill one one three or one one four. You know, whatever the episode is, yeah, because yeah. it'll make it really easy for someone to make a best of at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, you know, that is. Of well, course, I'm a massive pretty flattered. Yeah, I like it. am too. Uh, but yeah, reveal yourself. Even if you just DM us and, you know, we don't have to reveal who it is. But um you need some credit, even, you know, if it's just privately from us and we don't let anyone else know who you are or whatever. Sure. But by all means. Um what else have we got here? Um our good friend MC Barbecue, our resident rap superstar, <laughs> has finally I mean you may Slash you may remember mouth. him. You you may remember him from uh Last season, Kirk towards Gidley's the end. Kirk Gidley's a fucking sook. Kirk Gidley's a fucking sook. I mean, a sensational song. Um, check back towards the latter episodes of last season. You'll Grammy, see Grammy Award Yeah, you. and the title of the episode, I think, is Kirk Gidley's a Sook. So you'll be able to find it real easy, and we have the full song on there. He's released a new smash hit single, and it's called Tom Waterhouse, You're a Cunt. <laughs> so it's topical, it's factual, and, uh, he's uncensored. It, he's, and it's uncensored. And uh, we'll give you a little taste of it now, with the whole thing on the end of the show. So here's a taste of it now. I can't
1: find a bag of dicks big enough to shut this fucking mouth. Go fuck yourself.
0: Top water house, you're a cat. Please stop putting on a front. You are not even a man, and I world should make a stand. There's a badge inside your pants.
2: So there you go sensational stuff. Hilarious Yeah, possibly one of his angriest songs I would I would imagine. Um
3: he's an angry man. Yeah, and
2: trying to I'm trying to encourage him to do more NRL NRL related stuff. Um, I'm going
3: intru- to encourage him to masturbate more. He needs to relieve some tension.
2: Look as, look I mean, yeah. An angry man. As far <laughs> my, my, if, if my if my information's good, I mean, I think he masturbates plenty as it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, I recommended, you know, maybe do a Josh Dugan song. I mean, pleased, it writes itself. There's so much material about Jesus. it. Uh, so, you know, maybe, yeah, if we're lucky, we can expect that in the future. You but can we'll just see. make
3: a song by reading out Josh Dugan's Instagram posts.
2: Like some sort comments. of comments. Yeah, like, like, just read it out like, you know, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Bob Dylan with the, you know, with the, the flashcards. We are up with yeah. the, <laughs> the flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be gold um, so yeah listen to that uh, we'll uh, put links up and everything like that I mean you'll see our account I mean if you're following um, what we're tweeting out you know around the long weekend I mean we retweeted the, the YouTube video for it and that kind of thing as well so uh, and, and the link for the MP3 so yeah get on there and grab it but we'll I have Don't hate to, the, to the
3: language you've been warned
2: Let's fight yeah that's what I said on, I put it up on Facebook I said look you know you seriously if you listen to this show this language is not is not going to shock you I mean you, you've well and truly been warned um what else have we got here? We got some tweets uh, through that said uh, from Matt McLeod, who, of course, uh, you'll remember, is um, one of our English fans, and he had the photo with the bronze medal. With his the sister,
3: untalented member of the McLeod family. Yeah, the
2: untalented McLeod, as we know, and um, unattractive. Yeah, his, his sister Hannah uh, won a bronze medal at the most recent Olympics uh, in the as as part of the Great Britain women's hockey team. And
3: Matt's been really, really jealous. That's right. Ever since, I mean, he's he's grown up in his sister's shadow. Yep. Um his whole life and uh she's gone and she's won an olympic medal and i tell you what he's been inconsolable ever since
2: yeah and, and it's and it's it's it is really hard on matt i understand you know I, I understand what you know what what he's what he's probably going through because i mean you know the fact that his, his sister has scaled the heights and become um third best at something yes you know and he's not even Which that she's
3: a fucking long way off where he is
2: yeah yeah and she's only third best so he's like well fuck I, mean, yeah, I can't even get the, you know so anyway he sent us a tweet and said um, sent it to you uh, sent a tweet to you and, and this week in league but sent it to you individually as well and yes. said uh, my sister is now the nutritionist for Hull FC you know who plays for Hull that's great Gareth.
3: that's great Gadeth
2: <laughs> so there you go so you might be able to get, you know...
3: What am I having for dinner tonight, Hannah?
2: <laughs> you, you feel closer to Gaddis. What's what, what's Gaddis what's having for tea tonight? He's, oh, okay. Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, really?
2: I'll have that. I can pretend I'm having a romantic dinner Fucking with Gaddis. Fucking
3: dumplings again.
2: <laughs>
3: what about tomorrow? Oh, dumplings. What about the day out? Dumplings again. Righto. Eh? No Yorkshire puddings.
2: No Yorkshire puddings whatsoever. <laughs> now, um... We had like a, it'd
3: be tough to be a nutritionist for whole FC yeah
2: yeah now uh, this is um an interesting tweet that I had no idea of uh what you know the, what you know what actually you know what it came from but um we had a listener who uh, is, <laughs> in, is just one, we, one had a listener. We, we have one listener. <laughs> Uh, whose name is Bill, uh, at BillSki89, That's so B-I-L-L-S-K-I-E-89. He sent us a tweet, said, I'm a, I'm a listener living in Tokyo. The Rugby Sevens are on, and guess who plays for Japan? Lottie Takiri. So, uh, go to the IRB7s.com website, and uh, it's it was the 30th, 30th and 31st of March 2013, in Tokyo. It, um, the Japanese side had twelve players and you look at the you look down the order and you go, Okay, you know, shirt one, Japanese, Japanese. Number three, Jamie Henry. Then you got Japanese, 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 shirt eleven, Lottie Takiri.
3: Man's got to supplement in his income. Hasn't played rugby league in a fair while. So he's, he's so only he's, got one arm?
2: So his injury status is actually he's he's good to go then? No, fuck no. Well what's he playing fucking sevens for then,
3: if he's not good to go? he, he wasn't. That's not real.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it
3: it did say his name but yeah someone's yeah. had a typo okay unless there's so like know, someone like in Japan is a massive West Tigers fan called their kid Lottie Takiri who's then yeah. been on a, a Course of peptides and growth hormone has grown up, you know, in the last three years to be of an age where he could play international. Well, I guess it's sevens. it's
2: sevens as well, and he's in the 11 shirt. So what's the chance he might have been over there as an inspirational, mentoring, coaching, slash, coaching <laughs> figure? Unlikely,
3: mate. He's mentoring the uh, the young outside backs at the West Tigers and uh, teaching them to be uh, become legends such as he has become over the course of his career. Like
2: hot sauce, turned him into a turnstile real quick, didn't he? But we'll get to that. Um, and oh, sorry, well, he did finish that tweet with hash. Tigers in decline as well. So, uh, to basically prove that he's a listener, Thanks,
4: Bill.
2: <laughs> News the clock once again. The, the the complaints about the clock decrease every single week. I mean, they only started at about four, and then they gone down. And you know, then we had obviously a big complainer, solo complainer the week before last with uh, with uh, my uh, co-host on this week in MMA, Dave. Uh, Dave also just... complained this week, though he did complain this week. But the first person to get in and complain about the clock this week was at uh, underscore fluffyfish underscore. Yes. Um,
3: Who's normally a happy chap.
2: Yeah, yeah, and Fluffy and Fish, met him we before. met him at the Grand Final at 2011, on yeah, am Lovely, I'm sure. lovely bloke. Yeah, lovely bloke.
3: Didn't know if he, you know, I don't know what he's got against clocks. Yeah, I don't know what he's got clocks, but... Uh, Maybe it fucking interferes with his pacemaker.
2: Yeah, but in any case, this week it's the Fluffy Fish Memorial Clock. <laughs> this one's for you. First one, War Room. All video refereeing decisions may be made from a bunker in Sydney under proposal for the NRL to adopt American Ice Hockey's War Room to review tries and on-field incidents
3: they'll still fuck it up.
2: Nathan McGurk M- McGurk and McGurk? McGurk and Daniel Anderson planned to visit North America at the end of the season to investigate the feasibility of setting it up away from the stadiums. So that's something we mentioned that already. You know, we've mentioned that as a possible thing in the past and it's yeah. good to see the the uh, commission's taking it on board from us Probably as usual. To the show. Exactly. Eels today they had a press uh, media session None of the three co captains, which are Tim Manor, Rennie Matua, and Jared Hayne, were put up to, expl- to explain their devastating defeat on Monday night. So the players announced to come uh, for the press thing were Kencio, Ryan Morgan, Joseph Paulo, Jacob Loco, and uh, Ben Roberts. And, uh, Mitchell- <laughs> and sorry, Mitch Allgood as well. They were. Sorry. And Ben <laughs> Roberts deserves to be put in the firing line. Anyway, they were, they were supposed to rock what off. What the fuck they supposed- would they have. Sorry
3: to cut you off. Sorry, go for it. What the fuck would they have to offer the media? questioning their performance.
2: It's almost like, you know, you the guys... the fuck
3: are you guys questioning? That's the way we play every week.
2: <laughs> well, they're, they're the guys, obviously, they're probably identified as the ones that are, you know, the worst. They're like, you know, you guys, go face the media, you know, explain yourselves. <laughs> so, uh, Mitchell Ogle was on there. Uh, it was going to be 11.30am today as we record it, the way they were meant to do it. The media waited for an hour and uh, no one turned up. Wow. The sticky era is one of professionalism indeed. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> uh, Blake Ferguson... He's come back after being, you know, outed for a couple of weeks uh, and having a $10,000 suspended sentence for his roofies on the roofies.
3: Roofies on the roof. <laughs>
2: cruises, cruises on the roof. His roofies with, uh, with his old mate. Dukin. Roofies on the cruise. Yeah, uh, Insta roofies. Uh, Anyway, he's come back and now he's facing three to six weeks on the sidelines after today uh, scans revealed he had a fracture in his cheekbone. So he may need surgery. But uh, yeah, he, and he also copped it from what looked like a shoulder charge from Danny baderis but, of course, wasn't really announced as a shoulder charge. Because or it penalized. was Blake
3: Ferguson. And also, pretty sure he fractured his cheekbone from flapping his fucking jaw so hard.
2: <laughs> Jorge Tofua. This is a quick one. Saw an article through the week. It said that uh, he was asked about the prospect of Ben Barber, um, you know, having returned. And, you know, he'd be better for his run against the Rabbitohs last week. And Tofua replied, I didn't even know he's back. I guess so. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess you could say that the spice has gone out of the manly can everything a year, a year down the track. I think it's less, you know, I, I, I think there's less emotion there, you know, and it's become more of just a, just a regular game. And In
3: other news, Jorge tofu needs to buy a TV.
2: He does. He's, just, he's too busy He's too busy fucking with the, with the Georgie Orgies. Maybe he is. <laughs> Finally, Too busy being a
3: human piñata. <laughs> yeah.
2: Sam Thayday. Quick, just quickly, he grabbed the jersey of Adam Devchich the other night uh, when he was, he was annoyed about um, you know a refereeing decision that, uh, that went against him. Well, actually, I mean, it ended up, it, it, yeah, it did go against him because it was a try given to the, to the Melbourne Storm. Um, now he, he tugged the shirt. As far as I understand it, it's cut and dried rule. You touch the referee. You know, you just don't touch the referee. I mean, the only time you'll ever get away with it is if the referee puts himself in a bad position, you know, and you're backpedaling, you know, and, and you, there's a collision or something. But you just, you know, remonstrating with the referee. You do not put your hands on them. I mean, you know, famously, you know, Blocker Roach got you know, sent off again, you know, with Eddie Ward. He patted him on the head. Um,
3: Tony Carroll ago. need some bloke in the face. Yeah, so... Can I just say... Yes. Um, Scott Prince taking a shot for goal. Mm-hmm. Jared Maxwell... Princey's starting to, you know, get himself set up. Jared Maxwell goes to walk around behind him. Princey turns out has a bit of a ch- chat, bit of a smile, bit of a laugh. Touches Jared Maxwell on the, uh, some would say, love handle. No, Jared Maxwell's carved out of granite. Yeah. Was definitely touched on the love handle type area. Yeah. By Scott Prince, this is fucking suspension.
2: You should get suspended.
3: Can't touch referee.
2: You can't touch referee. I mean you learn it in you know, under eights. It's it's one of the it's one of the only rules in rugby league, I think, where there's you know, it's not really open to interpretation. You know, you do it, you're Gonski. Um but Hook today said I mean, Sam Thide, we'll go get into more later, but um but uh Hook said that um Jamie Lyon wouldn't get the same treatment. F- bitch please, Jamie Lyon be fucking suspended for the rest of the year if he touched a referee. As he should be. Okay. Clock stop the clock. Thank you, Fluffy Fish. Josh Dugan, put down your fucking iPhone. <laughs> I know. Josh Dugan will be forced out of the NRL following his vile social media comments while the Broncos have to relaunch their Star Search. They ended negotiations with Dugan following his abusive comments in which he told a Canberra Raiders fan to end yourself. The Broncos wanted to sign him on a three-year contract worth around $400,000 a season, although I think I saw a screenshot of the, a photograph of the Courier-Mail, it said like $2 million over three seasons. Mm. So um,
3: That's the same thing I saw.
2: Yeah, but they, they made a quick decision to terminate interest after reading his expletive-laden social media rant on Saturday night. The Broncos still want a star playmaker to replace Parramatta-bound Corey Norman and could yet chase fellow wayward fullback Kirtley Beal. It's understood the Broncos had been impressed with Dugan during negotiations last week and were convinced he wanted to join the club for the right reasons. However, his second Instagram outburst in three weeks caused Chief Executive Paul White, Football Manager Andrew Gee and Coach Anthony Griffin to hold urgent talks yesterday afternoon. Their decision was swift when there was mainstream media online coverage of what he had written, with the club revealing talks with the 22-year-old were finished. In light of some of the fresh allegations of inappropriate behavior, the Broncos have decided not to take the matter any further, Brisbane Chief Executive Paul White said. They still have salary cap room to sign a star playmaker. It's understood that the St. George Illawarra have also ruled out buying him in Britain's Super League is his likely path. Um, Raiders fans took to Instagram to criticize Dugan, with one accusing him of a lack of responsibility. And uh, Dugan said, I'd hate to be your nuffy. I could never play another game of NRL and I've still accomplished more than you. And things like, haha, right? I go get another Raiders tattoo, then end yourself." And this is my favourite part of the whole discussion was, "Is your missus is hot too?" By the way, you obviously don't read the news more the fool you. Ha ha, you're a joke. And then I think there's a lot of a lot of sea bombs in there, like calling it each was. other, calling each other mad cunts and stuff like that.
3: I'm pretty sure. And he also said, uh, "You're punching well above your weight. will not you send your missus my way? I'll yeah. give her the time of her life." I should
2: call you Don Bradman. You're batting well above average with her. Send her my way. I'll show her the time of her life. So. I must be yeah. a bit of gear. So uh, um, yeah,
3: there's going to be all sorts of media reports and, and Dugan apologists saying he's a troubled young man um, that you know has clearly been bullied and and I don't disagree the fact that people went after him fairly hard, not only here but you know all over the the interwebs. But in the position he's in, you have to expect that. Yep. Um, and some of the bullshit things he's done, he has to expect that. And if yep. he is in a bit of a a phase of his life where he is trying to grow and mature then he has to understand that with his actions come reactions from people um, such as fans of the club that he's just arsehole, Um mm-hmm. And really, don't go on there. Don't post a fucking photo on At Instagram. At the end of the day... Turn your phone off. Get your contract shit done. Where's your management? Where's your, the management saying, mate, you know what you should do? Just delete all your accounts.
2: Start their, back co- costing up. Costing them their cut.
3: Once, you're, uh, once you've signed that contract for two million bucks or whatever it might have been, um, you know, get take as many selfies as you want, champ.
2: The fact of the matter is this. Whether you're a celebrity or whether you're just a fucking, you know, Joe Blow on the street, if someone's giving you shit on Twitter, fucking block them and move on. Yeah. If someone's giving shit, you shit on Instagram, fucking lock down your account, block them, move on. And if that doesn't work... Maybe, just maybe, you're not. The, you don't have the temperament, and you're probably not the right constitution mentally, to go on social media. Because okay. you know what, people are gonna say shit. I mean, people say we, we put ourselves out there obviously publicly with the show and stuff. Sure. People fucking give us shit all the time. Yes. And you know, and we love giving out shit as well. So. And some you know, of it's good
3: natured it- banter. Some people are highly critical of what we do or what we say, and and to them I will say go and get yourself well and truly fucked. But you know. I'm not doing that when I'm about to sign a two million dollar contract. Yep. Because you know how much I earn out of this show. I'm just going to say it's slightly less than two million dollars mm-hmm. over three years. Exactly. So, you know, and if it was you know anywhere in the vicinity of two million dollars over three years, I'd probably t- still tell those same fuckheads to go fuck themselves. Yeah, but what you do? But because, because I can.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> and it's not going to get trotted out in the media, and I'm not going to get dragged through the mud, and people aren't going to tell me that I'm a troubled young man. And if it was going to affect Not you... young, two, I like to tell people to go fuck themselves. And, if, and if it hits. was going
2: to cost you $2 million, you yes. know what? You'd fucking just put your phone down and you go play with your son. Yes. Or, you know, give your wife a kiss and forget about the fucking idiot idiot nobodies yes. that are fucking fired up and giving you shit because on social Josh, fucking days. the media.
3: world is full of fucking idiots. You need to learn that. You might exactly. need to learn that you might be actually one of them.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, if you can't fucking take it, if someone's going to say shit and you, you're in a position where, you know, you probably shouldn't be telling people to kill themselves, especially like, you know, a week or two, like, you know, when so the NRL's in the middle of a bullying bully, Do a bully massive
3: thing. withdrawal at the bank, fill your bathtub full of money, Dive in. Go and dive in. That Take a selfie of that. Mm-hmm. Post it to old mate that's been going, mm-hmm. giving you shit. Say, how's your bathtub looking, champ?
2: Yep. And it's they, they, yeah, not full that's of dollars. Thing. And you don't even engage them like that. You just you just have to block him because at the end of the day, the guy would come back and he'd say something else. He'd be like, oh, you fucking left your missus, you know, knocked her up and then left her. You know, she like, there's a million angles that you can fuck over Josh Dugan on social media because he sets himself up. At the end of the day, though... You don't... You It's your choice how you respond when people give you shit. You, yes, can, respond, exactly. you can respond and have a laugh and be like, you know, and to have some proper, properly-natured banter in return. Or you I. can tell not them to people, go fuck themselves. Well, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. I mean, that's probably not a massive thing. But telling people to kill themselves and, you know, send your wife over and i fuck her and, yeah. you know, calling everyone mad cunts and stuff, that's probably not what you want to do. And that goes for everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're Josh Dugan or anyone. If someone gives you shit on Twitter and you don't like it, fucking block them, move on. Or... Give them some back, and you'll soon find out if they're fucking. You know if they can. You know take their medicine as well as give it.
3: Agreed. Social media one hundred and one. Brought to you by this weekend league slash so social media. Exactly. P.S. Can Josh you... Dugan, what the fuck are you thinking?
2: But Josh Dugan, just put your fucking phone down, son. I mean, come on now. It's costing you actual fucking real money. I mean, it costs you. What, six... Like to have
3: a chat with his manager. Yeah, who's so, fucking managing What were you doing? Who's fucking managing? Must you You know, he's always got his phone in his hand because he's always taking fucking photos of himself. Give the fucker a call and say, Josh, <laughs> just stop, mate.
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving right along, Christen Inu. Um, yeah, you know, he he did become no dos. Could did. be could be veering towards Captain Snooze territory again because he hasn't been setting the world on fire this season. But he's going to be suspended for five matches after spear tackling Greg Inglis. Uh The Bulldogs are not contesting the grade four we dangerous sent throw. Greg
3: Inglis to Captain Snooze in a fucking wheelchair.
2: Mate, it's, I've it's like fucking Undertaker. He pretty much team stoned him. It is. I mean, he's one of the worst ones I've seen. Couldn't have, couldn't have got him any more vertical. And not only that, he got him vertical. And like most guys, when they do that, they they're like, oh fuck, I've got this guy vertical. You're going to get penalised and probably get put on report anyway. But you know, you try and lay him down or you know rotate him and put him down so they're not landing directly Motherfuck perpendicular tried to, to make the it ground. Was hungry, but what he, what he tried to do exactly? Well, he, tr- he was like he was trying to make a fence and he was just trying to jam a fucking fence like. You haven't That's seen it. big the, fucking fence. You haven't seen the first episode of Game of Thrones, um, of the new season. Not yet. But
3: I'm holding out until there's a few I can watch all in. Yeah, succession. well, when,
2: when they're they're up a, you know north of the wall with uh with Jon Snow and you see his giants for the first time, and these giants are like you know probably three times taller than a man, maybe four times taller than a man, massive. About the same and size
3: he, as Greg Inglis. And he's
2: just got these, and he's got this massive, he's just got this massive log like an entire tree, and he's just hammering it into the ground like you know into yeah. a post like with his with his fist, and. That's pretty much what Kristen Inu tried to do. Greg Inglis jam him into the ground as a fucking fence post or something. Because um, yeah, it's pretty bad. But they're not going to fight the, the. They're not going to fight the uh, charge. They had considered fighting for a downgrade, but they couldn't find any comparable previous incidents. Which means they couldn't find any comparable previous incidents that ended up favorably for the perpetrator no. uh, in the judiciary. I'd say. So he faced a possible seven match band if he fought the charge and lost at the judiciary. So Des Hasler said it is probably best that we take the early plea in the five matches. Um, He didn't intentionally set out to spear Inglis, but he conceded the tackle simply went wrong. It's a tackle that went wrong. It's fairly black and white these days. It was no way intentional. Probably a bit careless, a bit reckless. So that's the way we'll go.
3: Thanks for that, Tez.
2: And he actually got on Twitter as well and said, "Uh, apologies to all Bulldogs members slash fans for my actions. Have to pay the price and wear it on the chin. As in D, letter D, chin. Hash, accidents happen. Be back soon. And I don't even want to go through all the spelling mistakes and, you know, Craziness.
3: How much time you got?
2: <sighs> yeah, it's a, there's, just, there's a problem with pretty much every word in that tweet. Imagine um, if
3: Greg Inglis and Chris Nininu tweeted each other. You know, sorry, mate. You know, oh, that's okay, buddy. Imagine trying to decipher that shit. Stephen Hawking could of... get
2: together with the guy that fucking deciphered the Japanese codes in World War Two, and they still wouldn't come up with a solution.
3: 14 fucking degrees and a team of 84 CIA agents to decipher that shit.
2: Exactly, and probably Bro. a couple of preschoolers as well. <laughs> For <from> perspective. <laughs> <laughs> for context, yeah. and so uh, De- so Des Des uh, was asked if he what he thought a fair suspension for the tackle would be, and he said, "I think maybe a month, but I can understand why, and that is why I think it's best we take the fight for the five weeks." So it's not often he's um he's lost for words and actually concedes defeat on a on a subject. So uh, you know maybe you're learning Desi, just maybe
3: Desi when he talks, is he gives me the vibe of a fucking crazy person.
2: He is. He's a megalomaniac. He's like the Lex Luthor of of football. He's.
3: It's unnerving. His eyes are dancing everywhere and his head's bouncing back and his fucking tuft of hair's just flowing in the breeze. He's like, yeah, and takes it little, you know, bits and pieces and then he gives it a little, yeah, and then I think, um, yeah. uh, Look, shut up, Des. Just give us a fucking sentence.
2: It's his actions are the, are, the, are those of a guy that's uh you know continually paranoid and looking over his shoulder because he knows how badly he's fucking cunted people in the past, <laughs> and he's just waiting for the retribution.
3: Maybe he is. <laughs> it's very unnerving.
2: Someone needs these, you know, pick him up in the car, take him out, sit pull,
3: in his driveway over, for a few hours. Pull
2: over, pull over beside, pull over beside a a, a cane field or you know wheat field or something like that. Yeah, you know, hop out. I've got to take a leak. Get out. Then, you know, the other guy puts, you know, puts a bullet in the back of his head. He's all right, leave the car, take the cannoli, get out of there. <laughs> Referential retard. Godfather, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the obstruction rule.
3: See, it's even worse when I've actually seen the movie and I can't remember fuck all about it. It's really bad.
2: (laughs) The obstruction rule has changed again. Uh, Referees' bosses have bowed to the wave of criticism over the obstruction rules and are set to abandon black and white interpretations. After talks between referees, Chief Daniel Anderson, and members of the NRL competition committee on Monday, it was decided to push ahead with changes to the contentious policing of obstruction in time for this weekend's Round 5 fixtures. The development came as NRL CEO David Smith moved to give the committee greater powers by installing himself as chairman and ensuring the group met more often to oversee the game. That move came in part due to the at times savage criticism of the obstruction interpretations which gave referees no discretion to rule. While the finer points of the changes to the rules have not been confirmed, it is understood that from this week on, plays similar to the contentious disallowed tries to Cooper Cronk and Brett Morris in round three will be allowed. Previously, Anderson's edict to referees has meant that an obstruction by decoy runner anywhere on the field must be penalised. Uh, we're hoping to have a resolution to the issue that we've experienced with obstruction over the last few weeks, said the NRL General Manager of Football Operations, Nathan McGurk, who held talks with Anderson on Monday. We're confident we can have this in place prior to matches which will commence in Round 5. Daniel and his team have been working hard on this issue over the weekend to come up with a resolution. He's been consulting with members of the competition committee on Monday. We're confident we'll have a resolution that will alleviate some of the issues.
3: Let's hope common sense prevails, and we get yeah. to some real, real world, commonsensical, normal people type thought out decisions. Yep, because some of the stuff that's going on at the moment. Right. In the, Thursday in the, night, in the first few. There were three on
2: Thursday con- night. Around uh, three on Thursday night alone, and I don't know if you saw all three of them, but there was a situation where I think Molson went to score a try. But he went through a gap right, right next to Jamie Lyon, who had been poleaxed by someone. I can't remember who the decoy that ran it. but came through and knocked him over. But afterwards at the press conference, he implied that you know he may have been less knocked over than he made out. And it was just a great performance. But that happened right on his doorstep. He was right there. So perhaps under this new system, it might still be no try. Sure. But there was another example where Braithen Nasta was fucking miles away. Bura, as a decoy runner, actually stepped him and not make contact and fooled him so badly that he went to make the tackle and the play went miles you know 10, 15 metres 20 metres over to the right of where it happened and Nasta was nowhere near it couldn't have got anywhere near it even if he wasn't flapping his arms like a fucking idiot and um, that was real to no try so yeah.
3: some of the stuff that has gone on in the first yeah. few rounds have been ridiculous um, I applaud uh, Daniel Anderson yep for his you know obviously trying to trying to get it right it's not an easy thing there is you know obviously conjecture and there's going to be a a, a base of fans one way or another that's going to be pissed off with any decision really yep, yep um unless it's completely cut and dried and a lot of time with these obstruction and the plays are, are so tightly run it's hard to um it's hard to when you throw discretion in amongst the mix as well it's hard to get them 100% right all of the time but um you just think that common sense has to prevail. If there's no yeah. obstruction or not, or you'd you'd have to monitor the amount of contact, who initiated the contact, where the contact was. What are the odds? How of that close player? to the actual action? Yeah, what of that what play? are the odds yeah. of that player actually having a hand in stopping that play despite supposedly being obstructed? Yep. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I hope that we see some improvement over the coming weeks with these changes, and um, and we can get back to to watching some good footy because I think it has detracted from standard of footy as teams are a bit gun shy to run those second man plays that they've mm. been running for a number of years. And I noticed on um, it's not often I watched a lot of get a lot of time to watch the league shows on TV, but I, I not, just happened to um, have the Maddie John's um, Foxtel program on yep. last night, and he was saying. Um, he mentioned that Robbie had said, "We can't probably run those block plays anymore. Those second man plays," yeah. and and his take on it was, "Well, if you can't run them, you can't run them. You're going to have to find another way to attack, which is fine. But when you've practiced one particular way for yeah. an entire off season, and then a month into the season, that the rules are such that you can't put those plays. You know, you've you've trained and you, and you've tried to." Workout plays in and around the rules, and then those rules are so tightly policed that it sort of throws a spanner in the works. Yeah. He's saying, you know, he wants... John's was saying he wants to get back to the days where Canberra played a certain way and Brisbane played a certain way, and and watching those two styles play one another, um, it's a bit like styles make fights, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what he was getting at, but you can't have that happen a month into the season.
2: No. You know? At the end of the day, there's going to be someone bitching. Uh, At the moment, everyone's going, oh, this rule's fucked. And everyone's bitching and they're unified on the same side. Now what's going to happen is the team that has the try given against them, they're going to be like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. That was an obstruction. Yep. And the team that the team get the try are going to be like, yeah, exactly. yeah there's no, there nothing in it. I mean, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why the referees don't deliberate more on stuff. They're all wired up together. You've got two guys in the box now. You've got two touchies. They could sit there watching the replay on the screen and say, see that guy... You know, he came in, he got a bit of a contact, you know, do you think he would have made it? And, you know, between five of them, you think they could make a reasonable decision, like commentary teams do, when they're all talking about it together, and they come to a consensus and go, yeah, that's going to be no try, or whatever. Um, I mean, the fact is, the referees are all wide up, though, for the, you know, for the listener on on radio, or if you've got the, you know, Fox teller, if they throw to it. So, maybe they don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to have all that exposed, like, the actual decision-making process. But at the end of the day, I don't know why they don't do it. I mean, you know, five guys could surely come to fucking consensus about whether it's a try or not. That would be something that most people would be happy with, you'd think. But,
3: you know. It'll be interesting to see what the next month brings about.
2: Matai to play for Samoa. Steve Matai has ruled himself out of this month's test match against Australia to play for the Steve Price-coached Samoa in the World Cup later this year. He Steve
3: Price, the Dragons coach? thought Steve, Steve Price, Steve, Price Steve, the Steve, Steve, Warriors prop? Steve, Pre- and Warriors Steve Price, prop. the
2: dude that got knocked the fuck out in origin yeah. by Brett White back in the day. You know, not that long ago, about three years ago. Um,
3: or Steve Price, the guy that coaches like he was knocked out years ago and never woke up.
2: Well he certainly played after that like he was knocked out He's, I'm not sure he played again um, <laughs> or very few games anyway he was a foot injury right? achilles or something uh, Anyway um, Matai informed Kiwi, Kiwi officials last Wednesday of his decision to make himself ineligible for New Zealand and barring injury he'll line up for Samoa against Tonga at Centibet Stadium on April 20 I spoke to the Kiwis on Wednesday and said I was going to make myself available for the Samoan side I want to play for them at the end of the year it might be my last World Cup so I want to represent my parents my parents were born in Samoa I rang Tony Iroh and spoke to him he said everything fine and he's happy for me to do that I just thought it was a courtesy thing to do he was happy and very grateful I made the call the last World Cup I played for the Kiwis but two years ago I said to Nigel Nigel Varjana who's uh who's running it and said I want to play the World Cup for Samoa he said wait to see how you feel at the start of the year I made the decision I wanted to play for Samoa so um other guys that are looking like they're going to be playing for Samoa um actually and it is it's nice the other it's the, the 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 it's the price with the inward chin the Dragons coach Price so, fucking serious yeah it's fucking said it right here in front of me because he
4: read... looks
3: Samoan
2: Dragons coach Price was confirmed on Monday as coach of the Samoan team while Jeff Lima Roy Asatasi Junior Sow and David Falongo have all confirmed their allegiance so um you know it's not too it's not a you know there's a couple of names in there that are right, but then I look at the co- look at the coach and I say well they've got fucking Buckley's chance even with a beast like Matai playing for them that's
3: true um Who's gonna? Is it Samoa or is it Tonga that does the the, the maybe it is, no? It's Tonga that does the the alternate war dance to the haka when they I reckon the they'd all have
2: a version, wouldn't
3: they? It's expected. Very I don't ignorant to dispec- Dragons very is going to go coaching that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, usually the players lead that sort of thing, don't they? Uh, but then also, the, this imagine I-
3: if you taught. Imagine if you took a little bit away from the Samoan training. Yeah. And said, boys, the dragons. What I want you to do, I'm going to teach you this war dance, and he starts teaching him, and then he's like, Ben Cray, what? this is supposed to get you, get you all geared up for a fight, mate. Yeah. To get you, wh- why are you, every step you take is backwards?
2: <laughs> when you're sneaking out of something. You got, you got, you got somewhere you need to be. <laughs> but uh, this also causes problems for the Kiwis because there's uh, the test is in uh, Canberra this year, and uh, their centres, you know. Aren't that great Kristen Inu He's getting suspended So he's not going to be available uh, Matai withdraws I mean Matai quite frankly Should be on top of the Dally M table at this stage He's so amazing this season uh, So you've got two dads Sean Kenny Dow He'll be one for sure But then you've got uh, Jared Beale Dean Vare Jerome Rapati And Conrad Hurrell Fighting Park it out for dead. the other one
3: Slim pickings
2: Those you know There's four guys fighting out And I wouldn't be really happy With any of them as a centre To be honest I mean Dean Vare probably But I mean
3: Bring Paul Fetter, we are back
2: <sighs> Yeah yeah. So, um, Sunny Bill Williams will be returning to the Kiwi side, so they might shift Mannering to the centres, which is a fucking straight up super coach move. That, <laughs> and um, given that he has, this is a funny part, given that he has Adam Blair, Frank Pritchard, and Jeremy Smith in the second row, we well, hear yeah, one of those things is not like the other. Yeah, I can tell you, Adam Blair is not like Frank Pritchard and Jeremy Smith.
3: That's right, he's twice the player either of them are.
2: He's half the human, let alone
4: player. <laughs>
2: Recaps. First game. Oh, my God. Sensational. Thursday night football. How I love you, especially. This will be quick. When the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 26, defeated the West Tigers, 0. Dark Egg. Dark Egg, nothing. Halftime, 4-0 to Manly. Manly's 26 points came from tries, to T-Red, Tom Simons, Oh, two to the shittest, double, double, wolf, double the wolf man. A try to Cherry Evans and a try to the legend Dally M medalist in the future, Steve Matai. And um, Jamie Tigers Lyon.
3: points?
2: Ja- Jamie Lyon, three from five conversions. The West Tigers, they got zero points and Benji Marshall was zero from one on the penalty goals. Of
3: course he was. <laughs> as far as Viva was go, certainly in the first half, at the very least, this was up there.
2: Worst, um, worst That half alone was probably the worst half of football I've seen in fucking... Since the last time... Newcastle played Parramatta. I think only like
3: Manly's ability to to overcome their poor poor performance via their defence um, saved it from their end, and and, and Tigers just ultimately frustration, uh, ill-discipline, and poor ball control um, sealed their fate. Talent and, deficiencies. And, sorry. Talent deficiencies. There's, there's no such thing as a talent deficiency in the Tigers' Lack of talent, side. They're just not living will. up to their talent, Nathan. That's possibly the, the <laughs> issue that I've identified. Um, namely, Benji Ignatius Marshall. Um, he's not right. Last week he was sick. Got to say, he looks a touch out of shape.
2: He's a touch out of. Uh, he's, he's fucking hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> Last year he had his problems. Uh, he did, you know, he's and you know there's all, you know, the two dressing rooms and all that sort of shit, which but, is a lot of shit. But but this one took the fucking cake. He
3: really hasn't shown many glimpses of his best so far in 2013. That's about as polite as I can be.
2: Do you think that? Do you think that Jacob Miller is not facilitating Benji Marshall, uh, you know, and freeing him perhaps as they initially thought that he may?
3: Well, I don't think they're letting Jacob Miller play the role of of a traditional halfback. I think they're trying to mollycoddle him. A little bit, and yet this week he's been made a scapegoat. So, um, I think Benji just seems out of fresh ideas, and I think the rest of the competition has caught up to, to the ideas that he has had in the past that have worked effectively. Um, and until he comes up with something new or Genius or innovations
2: like cut-out passes <laughs> to the winger.
3: <laughs> that actually make the winger... Um, I'm just not convinced that this year is going to be his year. Um, he's certainly got the game to do it, but he's a long way off the pace at the moment. I think the Tigers will actually, despite the result and, and the lopsided scoreline, I think the Tigers will take a lot out of this game in regard to where they need to be when things aren't working for them. Um, they, they drop not, their not heads near, yet again. Not, as near they
2: not, not, not anywhere near Gosford, is that the answer? That's
3: exactly it. <laughs> um, I think Potter has a job in getting them ready to play their best uh, this coming week after after what they dished up here. And and it was was terrible conditions, but mainly managed to to put 26 points on in those conditions. And they they only led 4-0 at half time and they were pretty bad in the first half as well. Yeah. The good sides find a way to get the job done. They don't throw their hands in the air and and dial their effort back a few notches um, and go through the motions, which I'm afraid that, it just looked like the Tigers were doing in this game. We've seen it a number of times, certainly last season as well, and the rot's got to stop. They're a better side than what they've shown in large patches this season, but I'm just not sure when we're going to see it.
2: Now, one of the big things to come out of this game... The Tigers Manly, I can't, I don't have the actual figures in front of me as far as um you know the completions and everything like that. But Manly were fucking atrocious, especially in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes of the game, and it just seemed like every time they got the ball back, they survived the Tigers' rage from twenty meters out. First ruck back, dude drops it, scrum, Tigers attacking again for you know, and then they get a drop out, and you know, it was occasion where they got a couple of dropouts and all and stuff like. that. So Manly just didn't didn't have the fucking ball for a very very long period of time. After that period of time elapsed. Robbie was hooked.
3: Yeah, which which was a strange one. He's been an eighty-minute player, certainly even at Origin level, where he's made you know thousands of tackles, and and he's probably the greatest Origin hooker in the history of State of Origin football um, by playing eighty minutes. And here we have you know a first-year NRL coach getting. Apparently getting word from the coaching staff that Robbie Farrow was getting tired, which we all know is a load of bullshit. Well, The, the man, the excuse the man though, doesn't get tired. The Nathan. excuse Nathan. though... The man does not get tired. The
2: excuse was last week against... Who was it? The Eels you played. Yes. He got tired after 20 minutes. So this week the plan was, because he got tired after 20 minutes against the Eels, that we'd pull him off at the 20-minute mark this week. That is an absolute fucking bullshit excuse. That is, there's no fucking way that that's what the way it happened. None.
3: I don't think that... Is even close to the mark. And, he was um, hooked for
2: some reason. And I, I, I don't know. I, I It wasn't tiredness.
3: I, well, you can't have a guy that plays 80 minutes a week and then yeah. pull him off after 20 minutes because he's tired. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Unless he's got some sort of viral infection. No one, you know, yeah. haven't heard from a doctor. I yeah. haven't seen a script. He's not, I haven't seen him pop an echinacea. Yeah, he must be okay.
2: And he looked absolutely filthy, like fury. The, entire would be. Time he the guy's an
3: 80-minute player. He's the heart and soul of the club. He needs to be out there. People feed off his um, off his enthusiasm and his, his competitive nature. And, and when he's not out there, they they drop their bundle. And um, it really cost the Tigers any chance of winning the game, despite how poorly they played.
2: I can't remember when he came back on, but I'm pretty sure he didn't run back on at the second half either. I think he came back on at some other point after yeah. that. So it wasn't like, oh, he played 20 minutes. I think he was off for pretty much the rest of the first half. So there's no way it was a tiredness thing. They'd give him a spell for 10 minutes and swap him round.
3: And when your next best option is um, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> um, give me a break. Yep. Fucking Mick Potter, I'm all for you. I'm supporting you. I'm here through thick and thin.
2: But fuck, he makes it hard, doesn't he?
3: But for fuck's sake, Mick. <laughs> you're putting Breith and Astor at halfback, you're pulling Robbie Power off the field. Give me a fucking break. You're making it difficult, son.
2: He is. So, I don't have the actual stat in front of me, but when was the well, last time... The stat time is, that...
3: Nathan, you won a jersey and I didn't.
2: Yeah, now I'm deciding between the, the, the Manly Members jersey... Which uh, is is like the home jersey at the moment, but it's got every uh, permutation of the Manly logo across the back, and it's got special things on the arms, and on the front, it's got the names of every uh, first grade player in the history of the club. So I'm tossing out between that and a white away jersey, just because I don't have a white jersey, white Manly jersey. So I'm just deciding which one's which. Both, which of, them going to get. Both of them sound shit. Both of them sound magnificent. You make up your
3: mind, and um, yeah. I'll get you hooked up. Yeah, no worries. Um, now when I can't was, say what I'll do to you. The other you thing is the Tigers. You
2: when you think of the Tigers. Not you, specifically you, but I mean, like listeners, when you think of the Tigers, especially over the last couple of years, you know, you think exciting and unpredictable attack, right? Yes. That's the thing. That's the, you know, even if they haven't really lived up to it like this year and last year, I mean, that's still the thing that people still expect out of them because of Benji and, you know, that sort of thing, right? Agreed. When was the last time as a club that they were restricted to zero points in a game? I don't have it in front of me, but I, it was a, it was like around the yeah, time they was... got the grand final, like even before then. like yeah, it was a, it was something a fair like
3: while
2: that. ago. So, so I just want to say how fucking legendary a manly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's get some toys and get this game over with.
2: At Devon Head. Looks like Mick Potter is Team Benji too. Hashtags in decline. Fuck off, Trotters. At yeah, nah, maybe, who used to be QLD Dragon. He's changed his name for some reason, but anyway. Maybe it's to disassociate himself from the Dragons, given the way they're played this year. Isn't but, everyone doing that? But he's yeah, nah, maybe now. He said, uh, like watching 26 lesbians out there, no ball handling skills whatsoever. And uh, in the first half, he was absolutely correct. At Shane Aaron Elvis. This obstruction ruling is going to result in the same simulation diving plague you see in soccer. Hash, men in decline. And he's going to say, hash, fucking poofs. Settle down, something. It's a bit harsh. No, no need. No need to get into that. Cruzy 0-6. Bronx may not be playing too good, but at least we haven't wasted wasted good thoroughbred oh. money on shit players like Blair and Tontine Rex. Um,
3: uh, that was shortly before they were due to sign Josh Dugan.
2: Yeah, yeah. At this stage, he didn't realise that they weren't oh, going to sign boy, him. Out. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah, calm down. At Lanier, when will you all learn? There's more behind the wall than snarks and grumpkins. There's wolves, snakes, and t be oh. there. Hash, go Manly. So he's throwing... See, the Game of Thrones shit was... Everyone was pumped, even back on Thursday. It was all fucking Game of Thrones. At Stuart Marler. Just to show that I'm not biased. He said, I want a year off from you Manly fuckheads complaining about the refs. One year minimum. H <laughs> 20 so excited by Manly's scoreline, I'm about to use the wife as the proverbial hash rally
4: towel. Oh. <laughs> hash
2: tigers in decline. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how you do things, son. <laughs> uh, at Tall Hayden. It sounds like
3: a long-term marriage right there. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, at Tall Hayden. This one got a lot of retweets as well, so this is one of the tweets of the year, I think. Uh, at Tall Hayden. I said, Fuck me, 2,000 years ago, Jesus had a better start to the Easter weekend than the Tigers tonight. <laughs> And uh, Drew underscore Nathan five. The only positive the Tigers could take from that match is hash Tigers in decline isn't trending. And I believe I commented on my personal account and said, fuck me. If it's not trending tonight, then it's really just never going to happen again, honestly. Uh, at Scotty Eel. Just when you thought the Tigers used all their zeros on Farrah's contract, they find one more just for the scoreboard. <laughs> Another excellent oh, People tweet. shit me. And finally, at DJ X Plane. Now, did you meet DJ X Plane uh, round one? Uh, Manly no. vs. the Broncos. He was there and uh, and he tweeted me to say, you know, yeah, where are you and everything. I told him, and at halftime he came down and said hello. Uh, so, you he uh, know, winter has come, five days early for the Tigers. A bunch of Joffreys turned out for them tonight. Inbred pussies can't play footy.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: More Game of Thrones. I love it. Uh, next game. South Sydney Rabbitohs seventeen defeated the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs twelve at ANZ Stadium with a fucking great card, great crowd. Sorry, fifty one thousand six hundred and eighty six.
3: Kudos to Rabbitohs I mean, and Bulldogs for
2: Public holiday, out. it was in the daytime, so I mean prime time. But they did, but despite that, they actually delivered and came out for the game. So fucking still by 50,000
3: 50, there and forty thousand to the Broncos game.
2: Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. So I mean, it, you know, the it was set up perfectly given the public holidays and stuff for people to go to the games and they delivered so you know fucking great work everybody Uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs 17 points came from tries to George Burgess Nathan Merritt Bryson Goodwin Adam Reynolds got a field goal and he also got two of three conversions the Doggies had tries to Mitch Brown and Ben Barber and Kristen Inu was two of two
3: it's nice to see Ben Barber back on a footy field Um, he was a long way from his best got a a try to uh, to close out the game but um i think that's another step in, in his progress and i think he needs footy um to get back to his, his best both on and off the field um i think he's um you know you could you could tell he's appreciative of people's support mm-hmm. um he said as much after the game and um you can tell he's he's very thankful for you know the continued opportunity that the club and and the people you know in the community have given him by way of his privacy while he's dealt with his issues um, but I still think he's got a ways to go so th- it's obviously an issue they're going to have to handle very carefully as as the you know over the coming months especially if he starts playing well again yep and all that pressure and that, that spotlight you know gets turned on In um, the and the epic bender crew they'll be like fucking
2: man hat trick yeah let's go and have a hat trick cruises
3: <laughs> cases <laughs> um, the bunnies have been off their game for a couple of weeks in a row and I was starting to get a little bit worried that um you know, they were just sort of cruising and and when they come up against the better sides, they might have been found wanting. But in this game, they found a way to win and um, by way of letting their young leader, Adam Reynolds, um, steer them for his kicking game to a a classy victory. um, I was pretty impressed with his kicking game and, you know, he really played well off the back of the Burgess boys who were bloody fierce competitors. George Mm -hmm. scored an awesome try. Sam was everywhere. Um, How good is
2: George going, though? I think he's probably the best of the lot now.
3: Oh, I think so. Sam's probably still got him, but George Sam's has come got the, on Sam's got, the, Sam's, got the,
2: Sam's got the name, but I think, you know, you take that that away from it, and, you know, the thinking that, you know, he's just a lot more, you know, uh, he's a lot more well-known. Mm. I think George, like George has actually been playing better this year. It's fucking gone sensational.
3: He certainly is. And uh, I'm not even
2: biased because he's in my supercoach side, killing it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have his brother. I think the dogs still have an air of confidence. As to what they're capable of, um, you know. Again, we, we mentioned that they've still got some players out, but um, and I think that's rightly so. But a few more, you know, albeit gutsy losses uh, might make them flinch a little bit, uh, you know, in the next month or so. If they can't string a few wins together, uh, as well as they've they've been going, they've been ultra competitive in all their games. Um, if they start having, you know, sort of three or four losses over the, in the next sort of um, month or so of football, I think they might start start looking over their shoulder a little bit and, and wondering where their the wins are going to come from to get them deep into the finals
2: yeah um now uh once again t rex <laughs> done fucking nothing yeah i it's hilarious i mean i, I don't half on it, but fucking told you so you idiots uh <laughs> and in fact i was I was speaking to someone on the weekend who's, uh, who 's uh let's say he's very close to the manly players um Let's say related to one of the manly players, and privately <laughs> in a discussion with them, with them, they're fucking delighted that he's gone because I thought that they might have thought you know he's a good you know like he's a friend of ours you know we like you know sad to see him go blah, blah blah but privately I am reliably informed that they are fucking delighted that he's gone and they don't have to pick up his slack anymore because the the quote I got. Was something that like you'd hear a manly fan or you'd hear a doggies fan say. Now it was like it was like you know he was late, he's lazy shit. Wow. So that's that's coming from inside of the club as well. So um, sucked in doggies, you've done your day big time. Um, anyway, let's go to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with your sentiments on the game. Uh, I still don't fully rate the Rabbitohs a little bit. This was a close game. And the dogs are improving and stuff like that, but we still don't really know where the dogs are. Um, yeah, you know, just because Barber's back doesn't mean all their problems are over. Sure. So, um, but rabbits, you know, the game was there for the, you know, was there for the taking. The dogs could have got it. The Rabbitohs got it, so they did well. Um, you know, you can't complain. They won the game, uh, and Reynolds is looking great. Uh, Twitter, Cambo 96. Obviously, Tuvi was the brains behind 2008 and 2011 premierships. Des and the dogs have nothing. Hash, dogs in decline. Craig McQuillan. It looks like Hash No Dose will be able to save his stash for a few weeks. No need to stay awake. <laughs> hash gutless refs, and so while on that we probably should talk about that. I mean, as we we mentioned, that, you know, with the suspension and everything at the start of the show, but um, that was it was re- it was really fucking bad. Like, he's one well, of the worst. I think it's spear a tackles. off. I think it should have been a send off. Uh, the referees haven't been punished for the fact they didn't send him off. I think uh, Daniel Anderson said, "Look, those those guys. I forget who they were off the top of my head, uh, but he said that those guys had, had built up some credit with good performances over the you know the first three rounds of the season, so they're not going to be punished for not sending him off." I think um, you know maybe. So the be-
3: consensus was that's a send off.
2: Probably, yeah. And- I'm,
3: I'm thinking if that's not. Then we're going to have some ugly incidences as players push yeah. the envelope.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, I think the, the the thing that maybe got the referees out of the shit a little bit as well was that um, that the rabbits did go on to win the game. If the dogs had a one, and you know, given the fact that they probably should have been down to twelve players, then we might have heard have a bit more a about it. More bleating, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, GT three fifty one underscore Johns, as always. Great effort two weeks in a row to the Mighty Dogs with no reward. Tried hard and gave a fright to two teams who were both undefeated. I can't argue with the facts that the teams they played are both undefeated. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how frightened the teams were. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Melbourne Storm, 32, defeated the Brisbane Broncos, 26, at Suncorp Stadium. As you mentioned, 40,000. And 71 people there. Storm were up 14-6 at halftime and looking good, but the Broncos had a bit of a comeback. The uh, final score, sorry, the final points, uh, the 32 points to Melbourne went to uh, Junior Sow, Billy Slater, trick, Matt Duffy got a double, Cooper Cronk um, missed the attempt of field goal, Cameron Smith got four of his six conversion attempts, and the Broncos, their 26, went to trick to Hoffman, Jack Reed, Alex Glenn also got tries, Scott Prince, 3-5 from the boot.
3: It all looked too easy for Melbourne early on. Um, Domination. Slater and Cronk in particular um, barely got out of second gear, and i tell you what, old uh, Jordan Carr, who was having some issues on his side uh, keeping Junior Sow in check. Mm-hmm. Junior Sow's hardly the uh, attacking Genius.
2: force. Genius. Yeah, yeah,
3: like hardly a Greg Inglis out there.
2: Yeah, he's making him look like he was Uate cross with you know, Nathan Merritt to the power <laughs> of fucking... Georgie, Orgy <laughs>
3: <laughs> I knew you'd have to throw throw a manly fan. I was just, I was in there just trying to think
2: of someone who's been scoring multiple tries in games as well this season.
3: They um, they looked really good, and I think they were in cruise control. Certainly, um, Slater and Cronk were just controlling things nicely, and um, they cruised to a decent lead, but. The Broncos managed to come back, but before they did, I think even the Broncos fans were resigned to their fate. Yep. You got a bit of a sense in the crowd that you know they were a bit worried that things were going to get really ugly. Um, I've got to give some credit to a Melbourne fan that uh, came and sat in the members' stand right yep. in front of us. Yeah. Um, full Melbourne regalia: yep. hat, scarf, jersey, everything. Yeah. Like. And pretty cheered,
2: much a sign to say to say fucking bash me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, cheered loudly, which I guess you could do when you follow a team like Stormlock. Obviously, it's not like they're. Uh, it's not like they're going to you know show up and get done by twenty six points. You would have yeah. thought. Um, really cheered loudly. Knew the game. You know, was a big fan of all the players and got chatting to him. And he goes to about ninety. You know, probably ninety percent of the games. Yeah. No matter where they are, flies yeah. out of Melbourne. Big fan. Um. So kudos to him. That's a hell of a trip. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, he he had a good night, and and his team got a win. Um, shame to see the rally towers still a thing. They
2: <laughs> so they didn't they didn't dole out more rally towers. Though, did yeah, they
3: yeah, fucking oath they did. There was boxes of them.
2: Oh, did they? Because yeah. I was told by like, someone by the name of Cruzy Zero Six said that they weren't uh, dishing out other one. So you better have my rally tower, motherfucker.
3: Cruzy doesn't have a fucking clue. What he's talking about yeah. What a of sense people I, what pulling a sense them out of boxes, just handing them out? Yeah,
2: want to send some to Sam. Over in England because he's missing out. Oh God!
3: Wouldn't you need some rally socks for Sam?
2: Well, yeah, you know what he's
3: looking to do with it. But with he could take a rally,
2: he could take a rally towel for his marathon running. Of course, we're talking to Sam. We're talking about uh, Mister Wars from Twitter who hosted uh, a couple episodes of the show late last year. Three
3: percent Kenyan.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, uh, since moved over to England, he's kept his season tickets for the Broncos. Given them to his old man and stuff for the games. But yeah, he's over in England now. So I thought, yeah, I'll send him some rally towels. But uh. <laughs> <clears throat> there you go. So they were giving them out because I was going to say the people who, I mean, the amount that you know, like Cruzy, you know, went home with seven on that first yeah. night. And you could
3: you could have got as many as you wanted. There was boxes and wow. boxes. Of them. Um, I think as the Broncos, they come out in the second half and they were a different side. If they can somehow manage to play like they did in that second half, for eighty minutes every week, there's you know, there's a strong chance that maybe just maybe the Tigers won't be undefeated premiers this year. <laughs> They were very Michael. impressive. The, their attack in the first half was, was nowhere to be seen. And all of a sudden, the um, second half, they, they got some penalties. They got some good field position. Started throwing the ball around. Um, and Melbourne was struggling to cover them out wide. And, and they put some points on, took the lead. Um, just couldn't hold on to it. But, yeah, I was, was pretty impressed with, with their best. I don't well, know they how lifted, often or how consistently they They lifted, up, but it. I
2: think they also exposed the storm a little bit there. like With Matt Duffy's defense and whoever's inside him. Not good, not good at all, and uh, I'm really hoping that that's an area that they, they can't find an answer to in the next month, because when Manly played, I, I was just watching the Broncos, I was like, fucking, those Gronks doing that, I was like, my God, can you imagine Matai and Jorge running down that side, They will score a hat-trick. Each, if the Storm try and pull that shit on them. Sure. So, um, you know, I was hoping, you know, hoping... I think they got exposed a bit. The Broncos definitely lifted the intensity.
3: They did. The crowd really got behind them. Yep. Uh, and the fact that it was such a good crowd of 40,000, um, you know, it looked like they might have got Brisbane home there. And I'd, I'd done my 13-plus money. I yeah. loaded up on Melbourne at 13-plus. So just... This is too easy. Yeah, and, but know, the th- and then the thing, the thing, thing is, the, day th- day. the
2: Storm, when the Storm, you know, got got the ball in a, and they weren't, you know, coming off their own line... You know they they switched, they just they switched back on again scored yeah. a try very easily to get the lead back and then sure. they're good enough to you know shut down anything the Broncos have for the rest of the game exactly okay so first one we got uh, at Jar TV Jar said uh, Corey Parker looks relieved to be injured that's the face of a man who doesn't want to be embarrassed <laughs> at make me a sandwich if I had the choice to either watch this game or die a slow and painful death I'd shoot Scott Prince hash <laughs> fuck off Tom. <laughs> And he sent another one and said, uh, the difference between the Broncos and a blind man fishing. One can't see and doesn't know anything about tackles. The other is a man. (laughs) (laughs) Tall Hayden. A hat trick to Billy Leodo Machida Slater.
3: Nice MMA reference. Yeah. Mickey T,
2: 1985. Cooper Cronk is just so good. That's S-O-O-O-O. So good. So good. But his jarhead haircut is awful. Hash rally towel, hashtags and climb. Uh, that's so good thing. I mean, like totally, man. Uh, Mr. Wars, as we was talking about from England, he said, "Uh, you can't begrudge the effort. That's all he said. No hashtags, no smart ass remarks. I think that was a man that, you know, was, was made to believe that they could win that game at some point and was disappointed, you know, crushed that it didn't work out. GT351 underscore Johns. Otherwise, he was just super fucking tired from you know eating eating carrots, carrots. and carrots and tin tuna for his marathon training.
3: Oh, having a fucking glass of water and a deep breath for breakfast will do that to a man. Mm-hmm.
2: GT351 underscore Johns. Entertaining game between Storm and Broncos. Now I'm turning the telly off before that Gronkadonk Waterhouse is back on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, maybe. He said, uh eleven tries. Defence not a priority." Dot 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 dot. dot. Hansen. To the thirty people that took the rally tower tonight, good on ya, sweet Nige B.
3: There was a lot more
2: than thirty. Yeah, but David to picked them up on the night. He probably the ones that brought them. He oh, probably yeah, saw yeah. the ones that were slightly soiled. I don't yeah. know. Sweet Nige B. Brisbane are like Hogsbreath. Great when they show up, but by then it's too little, too late. More than an hour we waited. He went. With, he went to Hogsbreath before the game with the Bros, and with our uh, cruisy. And I saw them tweeting food hasn't arrived yet, and it's like quarter to seven. The game's about wow. to start, and they had when they got it, they had to smash it down. I think he smashed his palmy down or whatever in like six minutes. They just had to fucking smash it and run because it was that late. That's poor form. Yeah, and uh, and
3: if if Hogsbury's not looking after those guys, I mean, this, deep, sake.
2: yeah, and uh, and topically, yeah, uh, Cruzy zero six. He said, "A a big go get fucked to all the people who wrote us off as being flogged tonight." Oh, and my calamari and salad was good, and my 13 plus was close. So I don't understand the 13 plus thing. Maybe Broncos were never looking like they were going to so get 13. Cat? Yeah, and uh, and he had calamari and salad. He was uh, he went to Hog's Breath on Good Friday, and he yeah. was like, yeah, he's not doing the eating meat thing. Cat to each their own. Next. The St. George Illawarra Dragons 25 upset the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 12 at Sharks Stadium down there in the Shire. Over 20,000 people for that game as well, which is fucking amazing. Um... The points the Saint George Illawarra Dragons points their twenty five came from tries to Nathan Fiend, Jamie Soward, and a double to Jason Nightingale. Jamie Soward was uh, one of three as far as uh, field goals are concerned. He took a couple. Of, he just he was going fucking pot shot crazy there at one point, and uh, he was a hundred percent four from four on the conversions. Cronulla their twelve points came from tries to Jeff Robson and Andrew Fafita. Michael Gordon was two from two.
3: Yeah, Jason Nightingale's efforts um to score his couple of tries really summed up the Dragons' desperation for a win in this game. Um I think uh the Sharks obviously Todd Carney went off before half time uh with an with an ankle injury. They thought it might have been his Achilles. Um but his there was that much force applied to to that area of his of his foot and his leg that it snapped his orthotic in his boot. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking hell of a lot of force. So, the funny thing is, he
2: heard, he, he heard this and felt the snap and yeah. assumed it was an injury.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, without Carney, it was always going to be hard for the Sharks to chase down a lead. But it, it was a good sign that they continued to dig in without the key playmaker. Um, and also a good sign that he's not going to be out for too long, given the way it looked um, at the time. It remains to be seen whether that's the style that the Dragons will employ, they they started throwing the ball around a bit, playing a little bit of footy. Um, not as much structure and not as much, um, you know, boring ruck it up, kick, ruck it up, kick. There was, there was a bit more enterprise in their attack. Um, and, you know, maybe that is to to the, the secret to any success they might have this season. Yep. I'm just a bit worried that, you know, when they, if they do strike a bit of form and playing that style of footy, um, and then come up against um, you know some stronger challenges in games. I'm not saying the Sharks aren't going to be one of the top sides this year because I certainly think they are, but when they do come up against other um, top sides in the competition and are put under pressure on the scoreboard or have to chase a win, whether they revert back to their old habits um, under pressure or whether they can keep that style of play going. it be interesting to see over the next month or two um, which way they go with it.
2: Yeah, now... Um first thing i want to commend everyone involved on the crowd i mean even when the sharks you know got that you know they became a good side in quotes again sort of you know early to mid last year last year Mm -hmm. and they find they kind of got their their local guys to believe even in those sort of like 15s yeah and you know that sort of thing which is still good crowds you know based on you know their
3: recent history but fucking 20s fantastic um, the the fan base and and people in the local area are, are really starting to rally behind them with this whole Asada thing. Yep. Um, and and you know the crowds like that are a reflection of the support that they're enjoying, and um, hopefully they can keep putting performances together and get some. You know, obviously they didn't get the result in this game, but um, they can put a, a successful season in in front of them and, and get their memberships up, which is only going to help some of their issues off the field.
2: Yep. Yep. Now uh, we moved to Twitter and. Um First, at Mr. Wars. I have a smile on my face thinking about how proud Steve Price m- must be right now. That's a quote attributed to Ben Eichen from the commentary. Shittest commentator ever. <laughs> JR underscore buff. I bet even the pawn Ben Cray watches is soft.
3: I suspect that's correct.
2: Shunter86. If Todd Carney was a racehorse and not just on horse drugs, he'd have been taken behind the sheds and shot. Hash, allegedly. Jesus. At Aussie11198. Soward was working hard on his drop kicks tonight. Operation Fuck Jamie off the rugby is finally in session.
3: Hash, dragons fan.
2: Hash tiger sharks in decline. At Yenar yeah, maybe. With all the people bagging the Dragons, our start to the season is just as good as the doggies and the Broncos. <laughs> Alright, and the Warriors. At Mark Hill. Jamie Soward looks angry in his interview. I know he's shit, but he should smile when he wins at least. Ben Dunn, 43. I don't think I could have even got a hug from a Sharks player tonight. They couldn't hang on to anything. TBI Penguin. Six people out of 114 tipped the Dragons in the This Week in League tipping comp. Get on the dragon wagon, motherfuckers. Undefeated asterisk premiers. <laughs> all the stuff. fuck down. And finally, at Make Me a Sandwich. I'm pretty sure Jamie Soward likes Jamie Soward. He pats himself on the back whenever he gets a field goal. Yes. Ash, cat in the hat. Moving right along, the Gold Coast Titans 28 defeated the Penrith Panthers at home at Centibet there in Penrith. Crowd once again for you know consecutive home games. Dismal. 8,181 people, and the Titans were up 12 zip at half time. Now, the Gold Coast Titans, their final score of 28 came from tries to David Mead, Greg Bird, Steve Michaels, and Kevin Gordon got a double. Aidan Caesar got four of five, and Penrith Panthers, their 10 points, came from tries to Wes Nagama and Tom Humble. Wes Nagama got one conversion from one attempt. Luke Walsh missed with his only attempt.
3: Penrith going hard after Luke Walsh, who's been dropped this week. Very hard. In fact, I saw I on Twitter... That's really fair, but... Well,
2: I saw on Twitter that someone, that uh, Pender fans were going, you know, it's like, yeah, welcome to, you know, like, Penrith Christmas or, you know, Selection Christmas or, you know, Team Day Christmas. Like, wow. they'll celebrate that all because Walsh got dropped, yeah.
3: Unbelievable. The Titans played pretty well. Um, took the opportunities that were presented to them and, um, you know, with their competitive nature of people like Greg Bird in this they side, they, they got across the... Line for a pretty solid win away from home. Um, you know, obviously Bird's effort to deny Walsh when he was just all he had to do was put the ball down over the line, and Bird managed to come from behind and, and knock the ball out of his hand. Really summed up the Titans' afternoon. You know, they were desperate um, and really willing to do those little extra plays and one percenters that you know that get gets teams victories, uh, certainly on the road. So um, I think the, the criticism of Luke Walsh is a little bit unfair he's uh he's hardly been I don't think he's been their worst performer. No. And I think he, he's probably only gonna go as well as his forwards go. Yep. Um in, in a lot of areas of his game, being a, a more of a traditional type halfback. Uh he does rely on that good go forward and, and, and he doesn't always get that from his pack. So I think he he's been a bit of a scapegoat unfortunately. Um I just want to mention uh Kevin Gordon's here. MC kilogram. I mean, on the Gold case, you can get it's away. Hard with the to, it's Cisco hard to single haircut. him out.
2: It's hard to single him out alone, though.
3: You, you can get away on the Gold case with a Cisco haircut, like Greg, uh, Greg Bird and David Mead are sporting at the moment, obviously for charity, which is good. Um, but there's nowhere on earth that anyone gives you a pass for for you know the Kevin Gordon follicular travesty that is. I'm not right, sure he's, where he's, he's going he's, with he's, it. Is he growing it out? Is he? What's the plan? He's it's an, a buffon.
2: He's an award-winning D, you know rapper slash DJ. Yeah, he can do what he wants and when you're talking and when you're talking about Cisco and stuff don't forget you've got Buster Rhymes there in Jamal <laughs> Idris as well I mean they've got all the rappers
3: yes it's like uh, it's like a, a who's who of hip hop
2: yeah it is now, do you have anything else to say? I mean, once again, for me, the Titans. Once again, they prove that you know they might not be the most talented side. Certainly not ne- even near it. But that that morale thing that I sort of mentioned last week, it's still working for them, and they're yep. still working for each other and stuff like that. And that's going to win you, you know, a lot of games. Just that kind You're of extra, beat, additional like Penrith
3: at- with that. A bit yeah, disappointed in the crowd out yeah. there at Penrith.
2: Pandas has got, but you know, big, I mean, they're, yes, yes, they're in a rebuilding phase. I mean, that's you know, undoubted. You know, they've been the fans have been warned. Phil Gould is talking about you know building you something, but I mean,
3: fuck, they're in trouble out there at the moment. eh? Look, they've always um, they've always supported their club, and mm-hmm. and no matter how lean the times have been, they've always um, you know the local community has always pulled pulled behind them. I just wonder if if Jennings leaving has, has had an effect on that. He was much loved. Um, in the local area and the fact that he's no longer there. He was certainly a fan favourite. I reckon probably um, more Lewis, yeah. And and Lewis as well, yeah, yeah that's a good point.
2: I mean, that, that'd be the guy that I'd be, you know... Because, you know, it's, it's it's hard to say to, to you know, equate players, but Lewis is kind of like, you know, like the Menzies of, you know, the modern era of Penrith, really. Think about how many games he played for him and, you know, the level that he... You know that he attained as far as you know rep football and stuff like that. Sure. So probably you know him more than because you know, Jennings. You know they they've been paying him as disloyal and wanting to get out for fucking years. Yeah, exactly. So you know perhaps you know, more Lewis maybe, but um got a lot of Penrith fans tweeted us in here. Uh, fuck up! <laughs> it's very copper in the house.
4: <laughs>
2: At Shunter eighty six. There was more life in Jesus on Easter Saturday than there is in this Penrith attack. Hash, need a miracle. Then he went on to say that we've made Steve Michaels look like a first-grade footballer. Where's a hole I can crawl into and die? Yeah. Aussie 11198. Steve Michaels breaking the line and scoring a try in first grade is the equivalent of Betty White double-legging GSP. So true. Hash, fuck off time. So
3: true. He looks so pleased with himself.
2: One of the best tweets that we've had all year. Didn't look
3: quite so pleased with himself when he couldn't retrieve Luke Douglas's kick. And all he had to do was pick it up and score.
2: Mm -hmm. At Hammers. That's a H4MMERZ. Three out of four and only conceding nine points a game. Pretty good for a team you picked to come last. Hash mud prediction. It's a
3: fucking long season, son.
2: We're a month into a long season. They could lose every other game. And probably will. At Mr. Bowles. I'm usually pretty optimistic, but not much to be happy about at Centibet Stadium today. No direction in attack. Woeful crowd.
3: Fair assessment.
2: Yeah, and that's for someone who's a Penrith supporter, but he doesn't live at Penrith. He lives like out at Lithgow. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a short commute.
3: No, no. He does travel to the games and and gets there, you know, dressed fairly poorly and unshaven. Garbs,
2: 1985, who seems to have well and truly jumped back upon the Titans bandwagon this season. I can't imagine why. New nickname for Greg Bird, (laughs) Slim Shady. That won't catch on. No, it's more Cisco. GT351 underscore Johns. Titans have surprised me so far this year. I had them as also-ran teams. Well done to them. They look okay. Oh, fucking smash them with praise there, didn't you? <laughs> and, uh, Muggo8. Ray Hadley called Tom Humble a revelation. So he's been listening. Nah.
3: He's a listener from way back. Ray. <laughs> Tom Humble actually played quite well in that game, I think. Yeah. Short on opportunities at the Tigers and went to Penrith for, for the promise of more first grade. And, um you know scored a good intercept try and was fairly solid and and uh sharp given you know his limited opportunities
2: Newcastle Knights 28 defeated the Canberra Raiders 12 at Hunter Stadium another uh, good crowd 18689 and Newcastle's their 28 points came from tries to the Uate Pate Anthony Quinn Tyrone Roberts and a double to Adam Cuthbertson the fuck Kirk Yiddley got one of two conversions. Tyrone Roberts got all three that he attempted. And Canberra Raiders' 12 points came from tries to Joel Thompson, Josh Papali, and two from two goals from Jared Croker.
3: I think the evolution of of Newcastle has been slower than expected under Wayne Bennett, but they really took some major strides in this game. I think the way they closed the game out um, is really a strong sign of Bennett's coaching and and it's going to hold them in good stead later in the year if they can... um, Keep that standard of play up towards the end of games where they're, they're uh, ahead on the scoreboard, but um, just find that right balance from from playing a bit of footy, but also keeping your foot on the throat of the opposition. Um, Willie Mason for the Knights, his enthusiasm is having a huge effect on his teammates. Um, it's it's not enough. There's not enough being written about his benefit to the team, and for every dud thing that he's done off the field there's been countless articles written but he's really um, the glue that's holding that squad together at the moment, you can see it with the, the charges that he has on the field and the respect he has from his teammates but also the encouragement he gives them when he's off the field on the side uh, sorry, on the sidelines and cheering them on he, there's no one more enthusiastic than, than Big Willie out there and um, he's really turned things around and, and the fact that He's turned public perception around. Is probably the most important, uh, most impressive aspect of all. I saw an article saying
2: that um that you know, he's he's online to uh, return to Origin.
3: He's been there and done that. Um, yeah. Certainly wouldn't uh, be out of place, but just they're, they're pretty well off for forwards. I have to say, New South Wales. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Knights, you know, Knights were good in this game. I mean, there was a time there where the Canberra Raiders actually came back at them and made a game of it, but um. Yeah, they got there in the end and uh, they and they certainly kicked away. Adam Cuthbert's two tries, so I was one with I was speechless you know, dazzling Spe- footwork. work. Speechless. Uh Twitter, Simo underscore Alley. So the knights look so ordinary. Gidley concussed. Neck minute, Knights win. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. The Raiders so many have... people hate Gidley. <laughs> oh, Gidley's a it's... fucking soak. Kirk Ealy, the fucking suck. Make me a sandwich. The Raiders have a very solid defensive line that's incredibly well-structured and is worth a compliment of approval. Hash said no one ever. <laughs> Drew underscore Nathan 5 said, Oi, where's Dr. Sexy at Matt Lenevez now? Drinking cruises with Josh Dushin to drown his sorrows. Hash, Instagram making contracts decline. The Chapo 82 the last time Cuthbertson ran so fast was when McDonald's introduced the double quarter pounder. (laughs) Hash, run, fat boy, run. Ben Dunn43. He does
3: look fairly fit this year.
2: Yeah. At Ben Dunn43, I fully expect the whole Raiders team to take rooftop selfies tonight, hoping for next week off. Hash, embarrassed by Cuthbo. (laughs) Drew Nathan again said, Raiders, thank you for making Cuthbo think he's a good player. Maybe he'll play like at least an average one now. Jesus. That's a Newcastle fan giving it to him too. Cruzy 6 maybe the Raiders should reconsider reinstating Dugan back into the team. I hear he's going cheap. At Manly Brett. And this is something that didn't mention through the wrap-up of the game. Rochow, man of the match, on fire. Finally,
3: Never in doubt, really. I mean, it was only a matter of time before people started recognizing the talents of the great man.
2: (laughs) Finally, recognition where it's due, hash, go Manly. And uh, at Troy underscore seventy nine, if we had a decent coach, we wouldn't come back from the break playing like fucking retards. These halftime speeches are killing us. <laughs> just just on Rocha, though, I mean, just remember who discovered him as a raw young ta- identified. I wouldn't even say he's a raw young talent. He was just a, he was just a, a young player with a big dreams and a cool name.
3: Identified,
2: and we t- we we spotted him Cyril Connell style. We plucked him out of obscurity and. Uh, Talked him up from the from the bench when he made his debut for the storm.
3: Pronounced his name in a far better fashion. And these commentators calling him Rocco. It's fucking listen to the show. I'm fuck. pretty sure it's the fact that his family calls him Robbie Rocco that's probably more important. I'm, I'm pretty sure his family are fucking wrong too. It's Rochow, motherfucker. I think Robbie's wrong as well. And when you I think he needs to pay more attention. And when and, and, and when
2: you say Rochow... You've, you've got to say it as if it's got like a spiky star around it like it's a Batman sound effect absolutely alright That's
3: the whole point of having such exactly. a cool name
2: exactly now let's talk about this game what a model. New Zealand Warriors 20 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 18 over at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland but that is no fucking excuse <sighs> Warriors, 20 points, came from tries to Sean Johnson, Elijah Taylor, Conrad Hurrell. Sean Johnson was 3 of 3 on the conversions and he got a crucial penalty goal with about 4 minutes to play. North Queensland Cowboys, 18 points came from tries to Khalifa, 5-5 lower, Brent Tate, Antonio Winterstein, Jonathan Thurston was 2 from 3 on the conversions and he also grabbed himself a penalty goal.
3: The weight of expectation is starting to take its toll on the Cowboys. I think um, the weight have been shit. <laughs>
2: the way of not knowing how to fucking tackle.
3: They went into the season with a lot of hype around them as to you know how deep they were going to go in the finals this season and 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 talking about them with regard to being a premiership contender. But um, long way off the pace at the moment. Um, I think the this win was a long time coming for the Warriors. I think they they haven't won for something like eleven months or uh, was it eleven months. No year. probably do- no eleven matches eleven matches sorry <laughs> eleven months that it's not diff, <laughs> me did potato potato, yeah, um, so it was nice for them to uh, you know get a win, maybe get a little bit of confidence out of it probably eases the pressure on earlier for at least a week or so um they overcome the loss of of three players uh, to various injuries and and ran out of inju uh, sorry interchanges as a result um and they still had enough to beat the cowboys. With all the Cowboys attacking prowess, they couldn't get it done against a team that was running on empty. And, and that's got to be a worrying sign for, for Neil Henry, um, you know, leading into the next couple of months of footy. They, these are the sort of games you'd expect the Cowboys to win, given their, their standing within the competition and, and what people think they're capable of this year. But um, fair way off the pace compared to the hype.
2: And just remember, the the, the final score was 20-18. to 18, But in truth, they... Uh They'd kicked the a penalty goal. Sean Johnson had kicked a penalty goal uh, with four minutes to go to kick the Warriors out to a 20-12 to 12 lead. It was at that point when they, they had run out of interchanges and uh, were down to 12 players. So the Cowboys got that last try in the last couple of minutes against the side that was a man down as well. I mean, so, you yeah, know, great effort from the Warriors. The Cowboys, they had, they had enough chances to win, you know, this game 10 times over. Sure. But just fucked it. And... um yeah, and they're the West Tigers of 2013, no doubt about it. <laughs> Disappointment, uh, Cowboys in decline. I guess we'll see. Simo Alley. That uh, I think Tate needs to be named crayons actually after his game today. And the the neck brace thing. Back to Intrust Super Cup. Jesus,
3: harsh crowd at
2: Hammers. Uh, Cowboys hardly showing premiership credentials. Hash said everyone always <laughs> at warmess_ underscore. Cows look lost without Tamau and Scott. Warriors were much better and should hopefully get better still with players coming back. Shunter eighty six. Elliot hasn't escaped the noose just yet with that win, but he may treat himself to some Michael Hutchins action to celebrate. Oh buddy. That's terrible. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> Final match of the round. It is Monday foot Monday night foot bitch Easter Jesus zombie extravaganza. The Sydney Roosters fifty. Defeated the Parramatta Eels nil. Um, the most notable thing, obviously, the scoreline was fantastic. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a match at all. But eighteen thousand and fourteen people at the Sydney Football Stadium for a Sydney Roosters game. That has got to be some kind of fucking ground record. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, Half time twenty two shit. It was never a game. This was never ever a game. Uh, the Roosters, let's go there fifty. Jared Warria Hargraves, got a try. Sonny Bill Williams got a try. Bro. Roger Tuivasa-Shek got a try. they' well, He got a hat-trick. So all their points, all their tries...
3: Came from the hyphens.
2: And then, well, yeah, the first batch came from the hyphens. Then we also had the roll call of Michael Jennings, Daniel Mourner, Daniel Tupou, and Boyd Cordner. Maloney, seven of nine conversions. A fucking massacre over the Eels. Zero.
3: Very fucking ordinary. Let me just uh, give you a little insight into the... Um the mindset of a Bram Raider Eels fan during this game. Um, mate of mine, Parafan. fan. Sent him a message saying, imagine if the Tigers played the Eels this week. It'll be nil all or 100 all. Our team suck balls. His reply, LOL. Fucking useless, in capital letters. I said, don't kill yourself, man. Let me do it. He said, too late already. Too late. Already bleeding out in a hot bath. <laughs> I said, and this was at uh, 44-0. Okay. I said, oh, fair enough. The result we all want in the end, really. AK, A- him dying. Um, There's one more left in the chalks. Keep your eyes open long enough to see it. Sure enough, I hit sand. They score again. <laughs> 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 OMG, SPW. Unstoppable. Yeah. yeah, played well. Didn't
2: he what? Welcome what an my, athlete he is. Welcome to welcome to my super coach side, Sonny Bill. you done well.
3: What a fucking athlete. His first four touches the ball produced four offloads. Mm-hmm. Um, He got a try. He looked magnificent doing it. I mean... I, I what you're say saying it.
2: is you look fucking sexy, is that what you're trying to say? Oh, were, you, were you trying to say without saying it?
3: No, I've, I've said it. How many times have I said it? I think people are getting sick of hearing about
2: it. Oh, you're talking about you know, oil up this and, Honey you know, and, and the rest of it. Honey yeah. tying
3: to a chair and shit.
2: Yeah. I'm
3: not saying any of that. I'm just saying. Brothers carved out of granite, <laughs>
4: um,
3: Maloney, barbecuing alone, etc. But he's hitting his straps early, which is good signs uh, for the Roosters. Um, I'm not sure his combination with Pearce is, is all the way there yet, but his individual game was, was bloody impressive. His goal kicking was right on the money, and um, yeah, the Roosters are. I mean, again, their opposition was very weak, mm-hmm. but uh, they were putting together. Yeah. It was a rout in every sense of the word. They just every time they they wanted to score, they scored it, you know, literally at will. Yeah. Um every time they threw the ball wide, Para had no option. They couldn't stop their go forward, Jake Friend carved them up. And then, you know, once Pierce and and Maloney got in in behind them and, and you know, you had Minicello running through Jennings was carving up. Tuivar, was got a hat trick. There wasn't <laughs> a bad performer on the field. It was yeah. like a game of touch footy. Um, an unopposed game of touch footy at that. Um, just for power, Ben Roberts, possibly the g- biggest myth of a first grader in football history. Um, he, he's still dining out on his performances for the Bulldogs in fucking 2006.
2: Yeah, 2000
3: 2004. 2004. Yeah. Uh, like,
2: what the fuck? How the kids getting selected,
3: I'll never understand. I, I will never know. Um, also Jared Hain, um led the sco- led the side in this game as a co captain. Um
2: not a captain at all. Not a captain. He's like Friday, not um, a captain at a all. He's a
3: very I think the way he approaches the referee is he's, he's not in a mature fashion. Um he's got that Gen Y fucking entitlement, you know, chip on his shoulder. Um, and I think the way he addresses the referees doesn't hold him in good stead for for further dialogue with them. I, I think they enter into um, discussions with him, you know, with a preconceived notion of, of how that conversation is going to go, and it's going to yep. end up with Jared whinging. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think he's a captain based on that performance. Uh, I think he's got a long way to go. Um, his individual games has been in fits and starts over a couple of seasons now, and uh, he he really. You know, I don't know that he needs the extra pressure of being captain out on the field. I think he just needs to worry about his own game. Selfish as that sounds, but that's right up Jared's alley. Um, and Yeah, I, I don't think he, he should have the C next to his name.
2: No, I agree 100%. 1,000%. All right, uh, Twitter, Mup23. Good to see you, Ricky. As long as we win one game this year, I'll be happy. Stuart has brought his origin form back to club level. Troy underscore 79 said Picking Hayne as captain was a huge mistake He's a lazy fuck and looks disinterested 90% of the time Shunter 86 Hayne is struggling to be the Eels' den and camp Let alone Darren Lockyer He should be on a rooftop with Dugan somewhere <laughs> Hash Gen Y D-bag Make me a sandwich I reckon if you got a bunch of walkers and put them into a para jersey They'd play better than para tonight Hash The Walking Dead Devonhead. Paramatta really wanted to give at Paraman Mark to a 50 point game for his birthday. They delivered. And so we should probably mention that, uh, you know, a former Gronk of the Year winner and uh, one of our, um, I wouldn't say his longest listeners because he didn't get on until season two of the show, I believe. Mm. But uh, it was his birthday on Monday, um, April Fool's Day. How fitting. You know, you could not plan it any better. And, uh, but, you know, Kyle, happy birthday and all that. And I uh, hope you had a great day. I know you had a great day. We saw her on Twitter. Apart from, you know, this fucking gronk of a team that you've dedicated your life to, uh, losing 50-0. Uh, Aussie, 11198. I never bought into this Ricky Stewart bullshit. Ricky is as much a saviour as Nathan Brown on Still Knox. <laughs> Hash Rallytel. At Clay Infinity. Sonny Bill brings the butt plug to the eels and brings 50 shades of grey to Ricky's face. Hash 50 shades of SBW. I suspect that Claim might have similar thoughts about Sonny Bill Williams to yourself. I think so. And Get Caleb mind, bitch. Caleb Shanks finally. Parramatta are the town bike on prom night. They just got laid back and got smashed by Cox. The saddest part is it looked consensual. Previews once again. They bring the best right up front with the manly, mighty Manly Sea Eagles taking on Desbalar, the Canterbury Bankstown oh, we're still Bulldogs. Still going with that, are we? <laughs> yeah. Hazem al-Desri's Desbalar um, at ANZ Stadium, at, uh, Sydney Olympic Park. So uh, you know potential. There's room for a massive crowd. Let's see what actually happens. And, well, uh, and the fans won't get out there. And uh, no, like, no match, Chechen and refereeing. So uh, everything's coming up manly. Um <laughs> what do you say about this game?
3: Oh, Ben Barr will be better for the run that he got under his belt last week. I still I still worry about um the fact that Pritchard's still coming off the bench, there's no Cassiano there. Um, tough one to pick. I I don't know if this is gonna be the Bulldogs breakout party or whether the the Eagles will have their number, it's a tough one. I'm gonna have to go with the Eagles though. I just think they're they're a more settled side. Um, they have all their big names in, um, and and in form at the Except moment. Except for Clean Stewart. Oh, I said big names. Guy's got nothing. Um, he's not even the best player in his family.
2: <laughs> that is true, actually. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles in a tight one. And and like I said earlier, I think the Bulldogs will put another one of those gritty um, performances in. They'll be they'll be a long way from disgrace, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, come the end of round five, they're probably looking at, you know, four losses and a win. Yeah. How many games they won? One?
2: Just the one. Yep. Um, Just one. This one, I mean, mainly, uh, you know, given that they have had that long-term injury to uh, to Glenn Stewart to start of the year. Otherwise, I think this is the strongest side that they've fielded all year. I mean, there's not much of a difference. It's really just changes to the bench. But the important thing that they have done is they're starting with Tom Simons, So T Red gets the uh, his first starting. That's the fucking this most
3: ridiculous nickname ever. It's fucking sensational. Even a soulless ranger would have to say that's a fucking terrible nickname.
2: He seemed to like it well enough when we told him to his face. Uh, Jamie Bure has been uh, put to the bench, and I think that's a good move for him as well. Uh, Richie Faioso is back after his unjust incarceration over an accidental head clash.
3: Killing a guy. For a week. Stabbing I him I mean, with
2: a trident. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it was an accident. That was an accidental head clash. It's a contact fucking sport. This shit happens. Um, and Jason King, uh, he takes the other spot that was... You know, previously occupied by uh, hands like feet, David Gower. So, good good, good line-up. Uh, I think Manly going to win this one 13-plus and basically expose the Bulldogs further, as the myths they are. I mean, Manly's defense is getting back to fucking 1996 levels at this point. Um, absolutely brick wall. Um, and I heard the rumor. I mean, they've got the team named here and they say that Tim Laffey is going to be in number four. But uh, Manly preparing for possible surprise... And maybe that uh, Tony Williams may line up there in the centres. At which point mean he'll be lining up uh, against Matai. At which point means he's going to fucking die. <laughs> and Matai going to fucking love every second of it.
3: Only in attack. I don't know. His defence is going to have a big uh, effect on a guy the size of Tony Williams.
2: Well, he's going to he's going to beat Tony Williams down, but and in attack he's going to make him look like slow, lazy, and cumbersome, and you know, reaching into thin air. As he does with people who are actually able bodied and committed to playing for their sides. <laughs> so yeah, mainly by twenty. Um, okay, next and another one on Friday night, of course. I mean, Broncos are not playing on Friday night. Get the fuck out of here, of course they are, and they're playing the Gold Coast Titans down at Skill Park. So, Gold Coast fans, I uh, I urge you to um, get off your asses. And go to this game. Now, we often talk about the Gold Coast side, you know, the fans not turning up to games and shit. This time, your team's fucking putting in. This year, your team's actually putting in. It's not the most talented team in the comp, but they're getting results because they're putting in. So they how about you great. guys put in as well? They haven't capitulated. Made halfway. Like that. The one game they lost was by two local points. Local derby. Exactly. Meant it is a local halfway. derby. I mean, they, they're lifting this season, and they lift, you know, traditionally they lift against the Broncos anyway. This is at home. I think they're undefeated at home at the moment. So, you know, maybe you might, you know... Give them some support, trying to continue that. Um, now, how did you see the game itself?
3: I think Broncos were good in the second half last week, um, but the Titans being back at home and given the, the impressive performance they put on against Penrith on the road, I think the Titans might just uh, squeak home against the Broncos.
2: You look at the lineups against the, you know, the way they line up against each other, and you think, wow, you know, there's so many unheralded guys there, you know, playing for the Titans. That's true. But As terrible
3: as he's been for the Broncos so far this season, um, my only issue is that um, I remember not last season, the season before I think it was, and you'll probably remember it too, um, and Princey was a a little bit out of form. He was under a bit of um, copping a bit of flack in the media for his performances and come up against the West Tigers and and turned on one of his vintage performances and carved (laughs) up the Tigers and and almost single-handedly won them the game. I just wonder if he might have one of those uh, performances in him against his old club, given the way that he was—he was fairly unceremoniously arselled out of the place. Um, but given the fact that he's playing out of position, he's shown zero evidence that he might be capable of one of those performances. I am going to have to go with the Titans.
2: Look, you know, this is an important game for the Titans—not uh, you know for the, you know, the club itself, but for, I think their fans and everyone. I mean, you know, they like to beat the Broncos. Uh, the, Hodges is back too, which is important to note. Yeah, it is important to note. I mean, you know, how his hamstrings are, who knows. I mean, they're liable to fall over at any given time. Broncos on paper should fucking win this game. They should. Fairly, fairly comfortably, you'd think. But, once again, it's that home... You know, it's the home field thing. It's this, you know, morale thing that the Titans got going. They've obviously, got a, a good group of guys that, you know, get along and want to play for each other. Well, That's not a much good...
3: At, I mean, their home ground advantage given the fact that they're, you know, playing at a, at a good facility there, it should really work in their favour. But as far as um, hometown advantages by way of the crowd support, you're probably going to have more catering staff there than fans, yeah, which but is Bron- disappointing. Yeah,
2: but Broncos fans, it's an absolute proven fact that Broncos fans don't travel anyway. So, I mean, they go to Link Park and that's it. So, you know, there's likely to be about, you know, probably 500 to 1,000 Broncos fans. So you know the. It's a shame. It deserves to have a big crowd. Which means the Titans fans will at least outnumber them six to one.
3: <laughs> yeah, it deserves to have a big crowd, and I hope that um, you know the Titans fans do acknowledge the effort that their team's putting in this season and get out there and support them.
2: Yeah, and it is a shit fight to get to, the, to get to skilled. Well, I mean, everyone knows that. Not but as get, bad as
3: if, if you live in the Gold Coast.
2: Park and ride, catch a fucking train, go to the Titanium Bar or whatever. And, yeah, it's yeah exactly. Just get there fuck's sake. All right, Parramatta Eels taking on the Cronulla Sharks, Parramatta Stadium. This game is traditionally one of the big vuvuzelas of the year. Um, and will you know, I guess will I mean, the Eels, surely, surely if they're going to win any more games this season, surely they've got to be stung and stung hard with their performance last week and be, you know desperate. Uh, you know, to come out at all costs. And, uh, and playing and, them know, against
3: the Sharks with, have know, Todd Carney as well.
2: And they're at home. They're at home. I mean, and they've been embarrassed at home, you know, many, many, many times. But, come on. I mean, the Sharkies, you know, the Sharkies are doing the Sharkies. I mean, they're unspectacular. Certainly, not spectacular. Last week, ship performance in a local derby that they kind of build up themselves as an important game. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of disappointment coming out of that. No, Carnie's
3: areas coming out of the Eels.
2: Yeah, Carney, you Carney know, went off the other, you know, last week. The creativity, uh, you know, and their chances of getting themselves back into the game pretty much stopped dead. Um,
3: yeah, I'm going to F- go with the Eels. <sighs> I think they'll be looking to, to make a bit of a statement and, a brave and prove man. that they're not as horrible as they um as they showed against the. The Roosters, um, oh, fuck, they are coming off Monday night too, though.
2: Yeah, shortish turnaround. Uh, you know, look, I see what you're saying about the yields, and I want to tip them, but you know, they got Ben Roberts in the side.
3: Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Sharks. Sharks I mean,
2: the Sharks have uninspiring halves in Chad Townsend and Jeff Robson. I'll agree with you there, but you look at the guys around them. You look at their pack as you know superior. Uh, you know, apart from Jared Hayne, you know they're, they're kind of superior in the backs as uh, you know as well. Well, uh, Sandow's full uh, issue sh-
3: number over Robson.
2: Well, yeah, I mean the halves. That's what I mean. The halves is that one area where you know the Sharks are uninspiring. But Sandow, I think he got zero in Super Coach last week. Jesus, zero. And I mean, admittedly, yeah, obviously with zero points for his side, there's no tries, assists, or tries or goals to be gotten, but that means he missed as many tackles as he made, yeah, exactly. essentially. Not so, surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I just have to go to Sharks because they're a better side, but, you know, the Eels, who fuck, they could turn on round one. You just don't know. And that's what I hate about them. They're an unpredictable fucking side that generally plays shit. <laughs> fucking hate that. And Very then they'll come assessment. out, and when you're positive, when you're absolutely positive that they're going to get palms, they'll fucking come around and win by 30. That's what yeah.
4: they'll do.
3: Yeah.
2: Next up the North Queensland Cowboys look for redemption taking on the Penrith Panthers up there at 1300 Smile Stadium worst in Townsville. <laughs> name ever. Okay, so this one I was agonizing over the result of this game today actually when I was looking at uh, making trades in Supercoach. Thurston was very disappointed and he's my uh, he's my halfback in Supercoach. He was very disappointed last week. But eventually I came to the conclusion that he is going to take his revenge on the Panthers and fucking massacre them and probably score a try himself, lay on... First and he's coming. Lay on three to four. the Panthers telling
3: us. I think he is. he's coming to fucking destroy your side in this game.
2: It's a statement game for him as well, With you know, with him choosing the Cowboys over the Panthers. That'll be meaningful. Uh, you know, he'll want to put on a good performance uh, to, I guess, you know, show them what they're missing, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I just can't see a way for the Cowboys. Despite the way the Cowboys have gone, as opposed to the way that they were, you know, kind of hyped up and their trial form and stuff, I can't possibly see a way for the Cowboys to win this game. Penrith a bit, uh, you know, surely they're a little bit you know, disillusioned at the moment. They've, uh, you know, they've, they've sacked players. They've brought Blake Austin into the side, um, who has been playing well from what I understand, you um, in the lower grades.
3: yeah, a bit bit of a tough ask for him to go there, yeah. um, and and you know try and work against John from Thurston in the halves in in a, in a fairly untried and untested halves combination with Tom Humble. Um,
2: tough, tough away game yeah. for any side as well. I'm going to
3: have to go the Cowboys. I think I think
2: the Cowboys by how many? Honestly, I think they'll win it easily. I think Thurston might you know show us glimpses of his
3: best again. I'm pretty sure you did just say you can't see a way for the Cowboys to win this game.
2: To lose, I meant I oh. can't see a way for them to lose the game. And uh, I just I, I honestly can't I think they'll win by a fucking billion. Or maybe not a billion, come on. That's a slightly. little bit excessive. That's a slight excessive. I think the Cowboys will be able to take this out, you know, with a ballpark of, you know, thirty to ten ish score line, I think. If not more.
3: In front of what will probably be a big crowd.
2: Yeah. Okay, um, you know, something I guess important for us here, the daylight savings is gonna end, you know, Sunday. So the Sunday games will be back to uh watching. Didn't and, it end last night? No, I think it's uh, I think 31st. It, no, I don't. Th- I think it's no, I don't think it's actually the thirty first. I think it's around the sixth, 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 okay. something like. That. Anyway, um, maybe midnight on the sixth. So like, oh you yeah, know, midnight on the seventh and twelve a.m. on the seventh. Okay, so New Zealand Warriors taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're back at Mount Star, Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland again. Um, Warriors, you know. Obviously, you know they'll, they'll be feeling pretty good that they jagged the win, uh, the first win of the season last week. The Rabbitohs, though, are travelling very well, and they're going to fucking pump the them. Rabbis. Can you just imagine the guy like Greg Inglis? You know the you know the things he's going to do to this side.
3: Yeah, I think the Rabbitohs are going to continue on their merry way and, and remain unbeaten. Um, the Warriors just won't have what it takes to to go with the bunnies, and I think they'll embarrass them fairly heavily.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, if the Warriors won this, my goodness,
3: we might. It would turn.
2: Get... It would turn. It would turn some heads. It's sure, it sure would, but I can't see that. Anymore. Yeah, Rabbitohs by you know by Rabbitohs by more than the Cowboys will beat Penrith. <laughs> Probably the biggest lock of the round after the Manly game, I think. Okay, St George Illawarra Dragons versus the Newcastle Knights. Okay, what have we got here? This one is the Channel 9 game, so, you know, going beyond uh, Waterhouse Alert. Whew, the Knights, yeah, the Knights looking good. It's a bit of feeling here, you know, because, you know, Wayne's you mm. know, ganked out some players and obviously, you know, they've ganked the coach as well, and Wayne Bennett.
3: <sighs> I'm going to have to go the Knights. Just think, despite being away from home. Yep. I just think they were too good last week.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I don't think away games to Sydney are the, you know that much of a factor for the Knights anyway. No. Um, I do believe they've lost both Scott, so one of the players who would have had you know a great reason to you know have a big game.
3: It's going to be out long term too. Yeah, yep. some groin surgery, so.
2: Yep, but uh, they still have Jeremy Smith in there, and uh, who else have we got there? Darius, of course, Fluffy. Yeah, can't forget Fluffy. So um,
3: Tyrone Roberts is starting to come into his own as a halfback too.
2: Yeah, I mean he was he's been good ever since he's had his opportunities in first grade, but yeah, he's actually yeah, like you say he's actually starting to you know, get a bit of combination together with Jared Mullen and um. Yeah, they're looking good. You yeah, uh, know, Wayne's plan might be slowly be coming into effect. But, uh, you know, this game, I think, um, you know, the Knights easy. There's no uh, local derby thing, you know, like lifelong grudge match yeah. against like they had against Cronulla last week that both sides always tend to live for. Or, you know, I should say the shittier side tends to live for. Hey, this exactly. year, the Dragons are the shittier side. And, uh, yeah, I think the Knights will uh, dispatch them pretty comfortably. Uh, okay, uh, what do we got here? Sunday Night Football. I'm enjoying Sunday Night Football too. Uh, yeah, it is cool. Canberra Raiders. I'm not, I don't really care that much about losing Thursday Night Football because fuck, it makes for a long... Yeah, it does. Like, you, Yeah, by the time you get to Monday Night Football, like fuck, it feels like a lifetime ago that my team smashed the West Tigers
3: 26-0. Fuck off, mate.
2: Canberra Raiders versus Sydney Roosters. Uh, it's down in Canberra and uh, Matt Chechen's refereeing this one, so make of that what you will.
3: I think the Roosters will be too good. I think they That's were too good. good last week Canberra always obviously lifted home but I, I think um, you know, the Roosters are starting to get their combinations together um, ever so slowly and, and their forwards are really doing a good job so that, that the smaller guys are playing off the back of that um, and their outside backs, they've, they've just got too much speed, I, I think they'll um, they'll pose too many questions for the Raiders
2: yeah, quite frankly, the Raiders' defense is shithouse. The Roosters have got attacking power all over the park. Uh, Sean Kenny Dow's actually starting to turn himself into a football player again after having a year off. Uh, Michael Jennings, obviously fantastic. Uh, Tuvasa Shek, you know, he can obviously finish tries. Uh, Sonny Bill, OMG, all over the place. He's omg all over people's faces at the moment. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, like Daniel Mortimer. You know, it's about... 12 years since he had that fantastic debut season, but, you know, he's actually starting to look like a football player again.
3: He is, with sexy eyes.
2: He relearned how to play the game down in Newtown.
3: Pretty sure he's uh, Ken Sutcliffe's illegitimate love child.
2: Oh, so you're saying he's that handsome.
3: Sexy eyes. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he didn't get those from fucking...
2: I'm Mortimer. He's like the only white guy that you're in love with.
3: So I was in love with him. I just get lost in his eyes. Well, no, but,
2: you know, traditionally, you know, Renny Mature, Sonny Bill, you know, you tend to go for Polynesians. There's that's all I'm saying. There is a theme. Yeah, there is a theme. I mean, yeah, you know, generally. And, like, you know, just sitting here recording a show with you tonight, bowl of Easter eggs in front of you, how much chocolate have you smashed tonight? <laughs> so, you know, you... you it's
3: you, getting me through.
2: It's fair to say you've got a taste for chocolate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But Daniel Mortimer, those blue eyes—they—they they overcome you, you know your sexual preferences. It's baby
3: blues, I get <laughs> lost in them. <laughs>
4: right.
2: And finally, Monday night foot Beach, Melbourne Stormer take on the West Tigers in Melbourne. In Melbourne, it's a hard assignment for any side. But when you're the West Tigers, who you know, let's be honest, probably one of the worst three, four sides in the comp.
1: Fuck off, mate.
3: Just
2: come off getting pumped twenty six shit. You're coming up against the Melbourne Storm side that's just got strike power all over the park. They got great defence. They're not going to fall. You know, they're not going to fall for any of this shit that Benji's got.
3: You know what they don't have? A halfback. Braith and Astor at halfback.
2: Braith and Astor at halfback. Let's just reflect and digest for a moment, and and then you think to yourself.
3: You think. Well, Brayton Astor, he's a born leader, Nathan. Well, he's a you, leader of men. What you
2: think is Jacob Miller's been made a, a scapegoat here, probably due to a combined voting block of Benji Marshall and uh Robbie Farah have decided to like scapegoat the new guy. You know, fair enough, they've served their time, whatever. Then they put Brayton Astor into the seven. Okay. I mean, you know, perhaps he's more of a five eighth than a seven. I mean, you know, maybe, but
3: you know, if Benji team Benji does what team Benji does. I but, suspect uh, Benji might play a fair bit of the seven role and an will plays more familiar five-eighth uh, role for the team. Got a We're question generally for go you. Okay. We generally go okay against the Storm. Got a good record against them.
2: Yeah, now I've got a question for you. Not down there, but... What is more brilliant than Braithen Astor at halfback?
3: Uh, Jacob Miller at halfback.
2: No. Adam Blair at lock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've established over the first couple of weeks of this season on this show, especially, that he's not really—he's definitely not a prop and you know, barely a player. Now we're going to try and see a second he's like...
3: row, apparently. But now he's going to play lock. Yeah, maybe he's the answer to our halfback woes. Time will tell. Yeah, Tim Malson still in the number one jersey.
2: Yeah, some people will never learn. But no, Jacob Miller—he's the reason it's all fucked up
3: today's. Hot Reason sauce. for Glenn to punch himself in the face repeatedly. Jim Hot sauce not. is
2: still out there on the wing, even though Wolfman made him look stupid.
3: Oh, look, mate, he's, he's only played a couple of first-grade games, still coming back from a showed. debilitating injury that would have cured lesser men.
2: It showed. Um,
3: sorry?
2: It showed. So what I'm saying, it showed. Hey, look! I want, I want, I want hot sauce to go great because, quite frankly, he's in my super coach side, and I want him to get some points up so that he can increase above that eighty-seven thousand dollars threshold, <laughs> and I can sell him to upgrade a, some other player for a better player.
3: Sure. I so, was, so
2: I've got his best interest. I've got his best interest at heart.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think Tigers uh, by way of a Robbie Farah field goal in this game.
2: Well You've uh, well, I mean, you know, I guess you, you know, some things have changed. You're not just going to blindly fucking say thirteen plus over you know for every game the Tigers play. Oh, look, if the if
3: the I'm a guru, I'm a guru if of the, rugby league. Nathan.
2: If the Tigers get within well, not thirteen just kidding, points, I make
3: silly statements.
2: If the Tigers get within one to twelve, of the Storm, I'll be very, very surprised. I think Storm are going to win this one so easily, so so easily. It's going to be probably even well, no, nothing could be more demoralising than last week because it was to me. Hmm. So forget that whole train of thought, but the Storm are going to win easily. Easily.
3: Tigers by one.
2: Because you know what, the Storm... Go the
3: first, load up. more you put on, the more you get back. Because
2: the Storm, one thing they are they do want to do is make a statement that that right-hand side, you know, defending the left-hand side attack is not as shit as the, the Broncos made it look in the second half. If
3: the Broncos can put that many points on in a half of football, the Tigers can put two and a half to three times on that many points um, on them, and... Um, you know, and then probably have a number of dif- defensive lapses, allowing the storm back into the game. At which point, Robbie will have to kip- kick field goal and save us. And as Robbie Farahs do, yeah, and if he doesn't get pulled,
2: yeah, I was going to say your theory is very sound if he's actually on the field at the time and the field goal is necessary. And you know what? As we found last week, there's no guarantees. That is full time for episode 114. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts, and you know what? We can see when you do it. We can see who you are, who's sharing it. You know, We know, who, we know who's been good. We know who's been bad. So, you know.
3: We know sh- who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> exactly. know who's taking notes of the dumb shit we say and posting it on Twitter under the guise of... Will underscore quotes, possibly the greatest human ever.
2: Best quotes from the best podcast, etc. Okay, iTunes.
3: If our egos isn't big enough.
2: Exactly. Yeah, iTunes. We got a review over the last week from Morso. That is at Morso on Twitter. M A W S O. So thank you very much, sir, for your review. And the title of the review is "Expletive Deleted, Rip Roaring Show." Five stars. So I don't know if that expletive deleted was on Morso's side or if Apple did that. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Loving this podcast more and more, even though you bums are Tigers and Manly fans.
3: You were going so well, mate. From
2: more so on Twitter. P.S. Fuck off Tom. Indeed. Well, like, the fuck off Tom stayed in there, so maybe Apple didn't delete it. Who knows? Okay, next. Timmy. Well, if you wanted to actually do a review, just head to iTunes, search for This Week in League uh, in, on the iTunes store, and we'll show up. Otherwise, uh, you, know, you can get a link to iTunes off our website on the right-hand side of the homepage. Whatever. Um... And just uh, give us a review rating. You just have to basically click between one and five stars. Or, you know, if you've got an iTunes account, which, you know, pretty much everyone does these days, especially with, you know, the smartphones and stuff, uh, just drop us a review and we'll see And uh, you'll get it read out and uh, be made uh, temporarily internet famous uh, in the scope of the show. Tipping. Now, I dropped one place this week. I got five out of eight.
3: I forgot to put my tips in again.
2: (laughs) Yes, you did. Now, your position... 109th, so the same as last week. You got four right. Now, um, I just want to... There's a lot of people. M51 Avoider. Dave, he's last.
3: Where he belongs, quite frankly.
2: M-Dog, 2481. Second last, one point ahead. Scotty Eel. Tied on the same amount of points. Yourself, one point ahead of those guys. Dragon Punk, same as you. There's a lot of guys, you know, that have been listening to the show for a very long time that... Not Clearly, doing very not well,
3: not including doing. myself.
2: Yeah. Now let's talk about the people who actually are doing well. Shell Geddes is number one, tied with the Real Jedi on twenty-seven points. So uh, next, one point back, we have Michael Darren seventy-nine at box chart box Card Jason Voodoo Rock Desi's Ducks. And that's the top six right there. And then one point, one point back, we have a couple other guys like uh Williams two seven seven, Troy Schroeder, and then you got myself uh, and Chop Chop Bug Eye, and um, yeah, I just want to say I don't actually have his number on the on the um, list there. But remember Skinny, he was number one I think for the first two to mm-hmm. three weeks. I think he's close to thirtieth now. Jesus, talk about in decline. He has dropped like an absolute stone. Um, now, fantasy. Don't want to go through all the results and all that sort of thing because we've got so many leagues of head-to-head going at the moment. So I'll just give quick shout-outs to some of the some of the teams here that are leading competitions as of the first round. Burks Eagles, uh, Schiltz Dentistry, the Blue Waffles, <laughs> and Jesus. Gooners. Gooners. Uh, they're they're the, they're in the comps that I I administer, and um, I would just like to say that I'm in the top eight of every comps because I was undefeated in the uh, first round.
3: Kudos to you, mate.
2: Fucking oath. I'm a legend. How about yourself? Undefeated? We're comp- we're defeated across the board, or what?
3: I'm still finding my feet. Let's say it.
2: Did you win any games?
3: Um, I had some trouble logging on um, after the weekend's matches, Nathan.
2: <laughs> is that a desire? Sorry, or was it a desire that prevented
3: you? No, no, no. I did. Um, I did try, but my internet connection at home is not all it was cracked up to be. All right. I'm looking forward to uh, moving into this new house and getting. Some shit hot wi fi happening.
2: All right, so um, you know congratulations to people who are who are in twill competitions five through eight. And uh, um, you know, I'm I'm sure you guys are amazing and uh you'll get all of the uh respect that you deserve at a future date if you can maintain your position at the top of the table. And uh, the shop, of course, we still have stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. We're in clearance mode, especially on the Revelation shirts. They're half price. You can get your own Revelation shirt for 20 bucks. And if you spend over $50 or $50 and over, we will throw in a stubby cooler for free. So, yeah, we want to get some more, uh, more you know, different merch lines and everything going. So uh, buy it up and... Uh, yeah, do us a favour and get yourself a fucking shit hot shirt. Um, just also want to say that uh, that Peter Gadd, who uh, he uh, he ordered a uh, Revelation shirt today, and nice. he ordered uh, you know I don't think it's private, so he ordered a, a size medium, so he's obviously a fit individual, and uh, I think that means we have one medium left after that. You better get in. So if you are size medium, pull your finger out, get in there. Okay. Now, finally, we mentioned at the top of the show, we are talking about this Game of Thrones memes that were going around with the different houses and stuff like that. We had a uh, tremendous amount. We probably had about 50 submitted from, you know, I think it was probably Sunday and Monday. Um, and a couple even came through today, actually. So we went through uh, the arduous process of um, selecting all of them initially Cutting that list down to a short list, which I think we got to 23 or 22. And from that short list, we had to get, um, you know, the winners. And also some, you know, sort of highly commended ones as well. So I um, just want to give uh, a bit of a shout out to, uh, who we got there? We got uh, Luke Shark 74 um, He did a Sunny Bill one, which I thought was pretty cool. But these ones are just uh, highly commended. Uh, Nathan Sully, he, uh, did, um, uh, House Tigers one, which was very late on in the piece, but I thought it was pretty good too, with the two dressing rooms and stuff like that. And we'll put all these up online and retweet them so you guys can see them all. Um, what else have we got there? Uh, on a blood buzz with House Queensland, that was pretty cool. Um, now let's go through, uh, the actual 10 though, and we'll try and uh, figure out the difference between the, uh, the 10 and the highly commendeds. Um, Ben Pope. On a blood buzz, with his house Cronulla, that is one of the finalists. Next, we had Shunter 86 with his house Dank. We had Mickey T 1985 with his house Sandow. Shunter again, house T Rex, and in fact he had some tremendous form. A couple of guys had some tremendous form actually. Oh, does does indeed. Uh, Cambo, of course, Cambo would have to get a say in here, wouldn't he? And uh, with his uh, house Barber. And uh, which is quite funny, you know, shocking from Campo. Um, John O. NQC80 NQC81 House Hadley, sensational. Has he changed his name back? has he? Uh, oh, sorry, he's Mad Cow's disease. My mistake. I forgot he changed that. So at Mad Cow's disease with his uh, house Hadley. Yeah, nah, maybe House Rose, sensational. Uh, Make me a sandwich. House Soured. Campo 37. House Doggerson. And uh, Caleb Shanks. Now I've, I've written down what Caleb's one was was wrong, so I have to go through and look at these uh these ones again to figure out which one it was. Oh no, was was it House Hopper? That was the last one, was it? No, I think that was an honorable mention. That was an honorable mention, wasn't it? So what was that? What was the other one missing there? I'm just trying to open up this one here. It may have been um no House. Yeah, we got that one. House Blakely. Shout out to Shunda for the House Blakely. It was very good, but we just you know. Um and then yeah, we got yeah, we got Campo thirty seven with House House
3: <laughs> Showed my wife the House Blakely one. Yeah, she liked it? Big fan of it.
2: Made a doormat out of it.
3: Quite uh she she thought it was quite accurate.
2: We had a FUBAR underscore eighty four with the House Dragons one, also highly highly commended. Um Yeah, no, nah, maybe another highly commended one with House Monaghan. Which was which was sensational. <laughs> um House out of course, sensational. That one's in the finals. So maybe I think that, I think that's it. I've got the list in front of me
3: here. Three, six, yep. We'll post them all up on uh, on Facebook and retweet them on Twitter so you guys can have a look. Yep. Um, And we'll make sure we put some hashtags against them so you guys can vote. And, you know, those guys will be in the running for a uh, Southie snapback.
2: Yeah, Southie snapback. Will, uh, w- the winner will be able to choose a, a snapback of the NRL team of their choice. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, there'll be, you know, possibly uh, a couple of different styles you can choose from and stuff like that. So, you know, you'll get your choice. And, uh, yeah, f- for free, courtesy of Southeast East Snapbacks. So what we're going to do with the voting is this. Uh, we'll put them all up as separate status updates on Facebook so you guys can, you know, like and comment on the ones that you want to win. Uh, on Twitter, we'll put them up as separate tweets and you'll be able to, uh, you know, you can probably vote from a number of different ways. You know, you can reply and let us know. Or maybe even if, you know, you favorite the tweet, and the one that gets the most favourites, you know, you call out the votes. And same as on Facebook side, you know, the likes, and maybe we just combine likes and favourites and, you know, that turns out to be the winner. But sure. in any case, we'll have them up there. Um, you know, if, if not by the time you're listening to it now, certainly shortly after that, and we'll uh, put them up on, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter, letting you know when it's all ready to go. And, uh, yeah, that's the way it's going to happen. And uh, best of luck to the uh, guys who are finalists. And um, thank you very much for your uh, your input. Uh, some of you are very prolific. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for the input, because uh, some of them are fucking hilarious. They're all, they're all great, but I mean, some of them are just uh, hilarious, so uh, good job, guys. Now, that's all we've got time for. Longest show of the season.
4: Yes.
3: Just
2: cracked the two-hour mark for the first time. Remember when it used to be regularly three hours?
3: Yeah. Fuck, those days that?
2: Were, Those days were straight. Well, we used to start a lot earlier, I guess. Yeah, true. Because it's getting late now, anyway. But um, yeah, that's all we've got time for for this week. Yeah. Um, Go Manly, smash Desbola, make me happy.
3: Tigers shocking the world, beating the Melbourne
2: Storm. Tigers shocking the world, getting within 13 points. <laughs> you know, but I hope I sincerely hope that the Tigers win for you. I'm going to tip against them, and I may even have, you know, Melbourne anchoring a multi against them, but I'd be prepared to lose tips and money to see a smile in the young guy's face. Oh,
3: that's lovely, mate. <laughs> Thank now, you very much.
2: Now, why are you molesting my, uh, my vinyl figurine of... Uh, the Khaleesi
3: because I just wanted to check it out because in the show she's hot as fuck just saying (laughs) alright then there's a random thought to finish the show alright then see you next week
1: The NRL. what the fuck were you idiots thinking when you decided to get Tom motherfucking Waterhouse on your broadcast of the NRL fuck Tom
0: Waterhouse you're a cat please stop putting on a front you are not even a man NRL should make a stand There's a badge inside your pants 40 fans must take a stand Get the fuck off our TV Stick with team
1: Anyway, you got fucking Ray Hadley Matt Shervington And Gus fucking Gould As if things weren't fucking bad enough Now you got this fucking cocksucker Well I'll tell you what I can't find a bag of dicks Big enough to shut this Fuckhead's mouth Go fuck yourself Top
0: waterhouse, house You're a cat Please stop putting on a front You are not even a man NRL should make a stand There's a badge inside your pants 40 fans must take a stance Get the fuck off our TV Stick with beastiality Australians down with me! We can no longer put up with this shit! Fuck this, Tom! What a house, motherfucker! It's Friday night, and I'm drinking a beer. Watching the footy, Then this fuck with a Channel 9, and you're taking the piss. I'd hey, rather watch it young and the rest of the men. God gas good, I thought it couldn't get worse. You hide this clown, now the footy is cursed. I'm taking a Twitter, and I'm being up front. Please join with me, let's get rid of this
1: cunt. Listen, cunt. I've said it, I'll fucking say it one more time. Go back to your fucking horses, alright? If you don't, I will soak my Brisbane Broncos rally towel in chloroform, come and put you to sleep, and then cut you into little pieces it's the features of the dolphins and
0: fucking tea can got that, motherfucker. Tom, oh, what a house, a cunt. please stop putting on a front, you are not even a man, and I world should make a stand, there's a badge inside your pants, naughty fans must take a stand, Get the fuck off our TV, stick with beastiality.